Hello, true believers, and welcome to Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Uh, I'm so, uh, just, uh, I'm Alan. Oh, I'm chewy. I feel great because I didn't eat the seafood. I'm Ian. Where are we? <laughs> What's going on? I thought they had like food poisoning. Or Who something. am I? To be honest, I pulled diarysentery. Out of it's I like no... diarrhea and dysentery. Was... I'm Ryan. <laughs> oh jeez. I, I went with the fact that I'm really full from the food we eat. Yeah, we, <laughs> so we, we like, decided oh, to not yeah. get. We decided to avoid the hangry pains and eat before we recorded. A wise decision, guys. You're gonna oh yeah spend I'm some time recording a podcast. So full. Make sure you Jesus. Eat first. So welcome to Four Color Commentary. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Hello. If you are a returning Four Color Comrade, we are, I'm sorry, Cadet. We're the comrades. Don't. Ah, no. That was a test. And any of you were like, that's me. You're wrong. So you must get with this it. podcast. No, don't. <laughs> don't, don't check it out. No, no, um, so if no, you no. Four Color Cadets are all here, we salute you and uh, at ease. Enjoy the show. Um, so before we get into the show, we like to do a little uh, piece of the show called The Business, uh, where we give you guys some ways you can reach out to us if you like what we do and you want to know more. Um, so uh, there is a couple ways you can reach out to us. Way number one is through our website, a Four Color Pod. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, no, it's fourcolorpodcast.com. That's Maybe right. You get your stuff right. There's so many websites I have to remember. For all these shows, I'll <laughs> blend together at some point. Google dot dot <laughs> com. Yes. Um, What's the website for Amazon.ca? <laughs> Amazon.ca. Thanks, dude. Wallace. This thing tells me I have mail. Oh, dude, look now. I'm reading it. It claims you have. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We should have Alan on for that Scott Pilgrim episode coming up. Um, so going uh, going forward, uh, there are a couple ways you can reach out to us. Way number one is our website, fourcolorpodcast.com. It's a Tumblr site. So you can hit the little plus button in the top right corner and follow us on Tumblr. And discuss your favorite views about feminism. It's true. You can. That's our favorite topic. <laughs> um, you can also... Uh, do some the cool Tumblr. things, the linky links on the sides of the of the of the Tumblr page. Um, there's thing number one, one, thing number one you can do. I'm all tongue tied from all the burritos I ate. Um, thing number one you can <laughs> do is actually subscribe to us on iTunes. So if you have a, a mobile device, uh, a uh, iPad, an iPhone, a uh, Mac, even. Um, or if you want to control us using your brand new Apple Watch, guys, Chewy got his Apple Watch today. Let's all round of applause. Uh, He's joining the exclusive club of him and I. We could be pretentious together walking down the street with our wrists in the air. Like, look, look. Or super Hooray for disposable <laughs> income. <laughs> Hooray for aluminum. What's that? Yeah, um, right? So, hey, nobody's making you get married, Alan. You can get all the Apple Watches you want. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> the money you're putting into the wedding could be spent on an Apple Watch for you and Jenna. Oh, you could get a gold Just one. one that you share. I know that I've told you guys this already, but uh, a I, booster gold. I one. did recently get my wedding band engraved and we got it back and it I did have a Green Lantern symbol engraved. Heck on it. yeah, you did. And yeah. it looks awesome. I'm excited for you, buddy. I'm actually really excited to wear it for that reason. <laughs> it's the most excited thing I've been about a Green Lantern thing since ever. <laughs> um, like so uh, that's one thing you can do is uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also reach out to us via social media. We do have some social media platforms you can reach out to us on. Way number one is through Twitter. Uh, we do have a Twitter account at 4ColorPod on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach out to us individually on Twitter. Uh, we always go around the circle alphabetically. So, Alan, how can people reach out to you on Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter as at, uh, at marginally talented, 
how do I do this? M R G. <laughs> what did you do to me, man? M R G N L Y talented. Don't blame the chicken soft tacos. Oh. Or don't blame me. Blame chicken soft tacos. See, so I can't even get jokes right, so Alan. Good. Wow, you can't even. Oh my god, so much confusion sauce that was in those chicken soft tacos. <laughs> 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 <Confusion> sauce. <laughs> it's so delicious. As you hear three slumps to the floor and Ryan <laughs> saying, "Welcome to the Ryan Show." We're gonna talk about indie books all the night. Long. <laughs> Look um, at the clean lines. Look at them. Look at the muted colors. They're so clean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chewy, I can reach out to you on various social media platforms, mainly Twitter. Uh, you can reach me at Chupacabra. That's C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can reach out for me, Ian, at, uh, at Irich, I-R-I-T-C-H on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, too, at Ryan Roop. It's R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. And you can also uh, check us out on Facebook. There's a big thumbs up there. We also are on Instagram, at 4 Pod on Instagram. So you want to follow us on there and get periodic picture updates. Uh, we also, um, yeah, we also are part of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Uh, so you can reach out to us there as well uh, by going to stuffandthingsnetwork.com. We have some other shows up there you can check out. With a brand new one coming soon, I'm going to announce it here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Though, because it's inspired by this podcast. We have yeah. a new uh, spoiler podcast. We call it Spoiler Cast because we didn't have a name for it. But we're going to call it Spoil It For Me. Uh, with the number four. So spoil it for the number four, me, which was originally my idea for four color commentary, but I was told that's silly. Let's not use a number, but this is cute. So we're going to go with it. Um, so, uh, spoil it for me. No, you were right. You were right. This is better, but that's cutesy. And it's, it's, it's not a, it's a, it's a fairly irregular show. We'll just kind of update it when new movies or TV shows, some of them comic book related, uh, come out. We have, uh, actually two episodes in the, in the can right now. I don't know how we're going to release them. Uh, but the first one I'll announce here is, uh, Avengers age of Ultron. We talk about there. So if you're like, why haven't you talked about it in back matter? That's the place where you're going to be able to find it. J. Jonah Jameson. So calm down. Things. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the uh, business. Um, so now, because we follow the Marvel Comics method of every uh, issue of Four Color Commentary could be your first, we like to go around the circle and introduce you to us and then into the format of the show, because um, there is a rule, some rules, kind of like a board game we follow. Um, but first, we want to introduce the players, as always. Um, so Alan, you get to go first. You are the pl- you're player one. Hooray, player one. Player one. It's about time. And I, I heard from Taylor Swift that you're going to play, play, play. Is that accurate? Uh, while the haters hate, 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 Ian. Yes, but we can all shake it off. Alan, who are you? Tell us. Apparently, I'm you. Taylor Swift. A big Taylor uh, Swift fan, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I love that song. It's a good song. It is a good it's song. It's catchy, I'll give you that. Um, so my name is Alan, and I like weird things like webcomics and manga. Uh, by the way, one of our uh, co-workers, uh, female was reading manga the other day really? i'm like oh what are you reading oh she's like it's a manga somebody lent me and i'm like all right well first of all you're gonna get that cut out of you real I quick i used to call it manga too <laughs> yeah well now you mm-hmm. don't uh so i like those things i like art and art direction panel layout is really big deal to me uh lately and uh yeah that's kind of my deal chewy i'm chewy i tend to like things a little bit darker like you know there's 50 shades of gray, but I'm like, no, give me one shade of black. That's what I want. Black like my heart. I feel like that should be a lyric. And the leather. All the leather. <laughs> um, blood, b- face punching, teeth kicking, and bone breaking good time. If you're reading a book and something happens and someone gets their heart ripped out and you're like, oh, that's metal. That's my book. 
Sweet. My name is Ian. Hello, everybody. I've been talking to you the most. Um, I uh, like to read uh, mostly. I'm a big superhero fan. That's what got me into comics. Superheroes and Sonic the Hedgehog. But mostly I just read superheroes and stuff now. But I read all sorts of different types of books. Anything with a good story really draws me in. Because for me, story... Art can suffer if story is good, so I am willing to overlook that. But uh, I kind of try to find something I like in every book that I read. And that's why you're wrong. What? Yep. Who said that? <laughs> I didn't say that. What's that? Hi, I'm Ryan. Did you get a real superheroes logo tattooed on your ring? Oh! <laughs> anyway, tattooed. Continue. Tattooed. <laughs> no, I'm gonna let you guys finish first. You guys finish this. Up. Yeah, I'm gonna let you finish. Right, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. But Batman's the best superhero of all time. <laughs> Ian, when you have a woman in your life and you decide to marry her you can get a batman logo on your and ring. then alan will make fun of me yeah well i mean if he's still alive and it comes full circle like a ring you know if we're all not in our 90s whoa oh. all right now that sick we're done burn i'm on fire sick burn bro all right well there was call me bruce springsteen that's how on fire i am oh man you're just terrible <laughs> terrible terrible we're not going to talk about Bruce Springsteen okay, on this podcast. Continue. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm just going to continue. Ryan, you can't start a fire. You can't see the... Can't start a fire without a spark. This gun is for hire. And we know, didn't start the fire. You know what, though? It's always been burning since the world's been turning. That's not a Bruce Springsteen. You know what, though? No, it's not. Billy Joel, it's even worse. What's up? Fire rises. Yes. You fire think, you think the darkness is your ally. Are we just going to do Bane <laughs> now for the rest of the show? Welcome to Bane Cat. <laughs> uh, Mad Max, moving on. <laughs> I like how your Bane sounds like the teacher from the Peanuts. Like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh, maybe that's a good U52. <laughs> yes. All right. I want Peanuts Bane. Uh, Peanuts Bane. By the way, we do have a U52 yeah, submission. This peanuts time style Bane. Charlie. Anyway. Get on it. So, Ryan, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm some weird guy who wandered in off the street. <laughs> uh, I like uh, I like them comics books. Uh, I like them when they got people in them with drawings. Looks like they're done with uh, pens. <laughs> drawings? Uh, <laughs> I like comics as art, comics as literature. Uh, I have a very distinctive art style that I prefer. It tends to be... Uh, a lot of uh, flat, kind of pastel-y colors and, and very inky lines. Ryan is very much the Peabody of this show, and Alan is the Sherman. Um, so <laughs> Wait, is Wait, Peabody the, the dog? Peabody's the, the dog. dog. And so Sherman that, is so the does that make Chewy Rocky and then you're Bullwinkle, Ian? Um, no, it's the other way around. Is it? Ian, Ian is Rock. Uh, Which Ian one's is more metal? Oh, that's Neither a good question. Really the are. squirrel or the moose? Moose <laughs> or metal? That's a good question, uh, a too. A moose can kill you. A squirrel could kill you, too. The squirrel is an With aviator. Rabies. It's a fighter pilot. I like to think, no, I like to think I'm Dudley Do-Right and he's Snidely Whiplash. He tie does have ladies. the mustache. He does have the mustache. So he he likes to tie ladies to Does that make tracks. me the horse? No, you guys are separate. And you do I ride do, backwards I, on a horse. That I, way, nobody's rocking Bullwinkle. Everybody I do wins. let Jay... <laughs> Jonah Jameson yell at me. <laughs> um, so uh, there are four Movie of us, joke. and there are four uh, four chambers of the podcast. So uh, if we, we ever get, get to the them. podcast we heart, we'll only get thirty-two them. less than Wu Tang. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as you know, the they are not something the to miss of a cow. Um, So there are four parts of the show. Part number one we have is called Here's My Issue, where each of us bring a comic book uh, to the table and we all uh, exchange them around and read them like you know, like you used to do when you were kids in the 1950s. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and I was we never all, a kid in the 1950s. I well, was frozen. You can imagine. I was frozen. You were ca- Captain America? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, here's a delayed Wu-Tang joke. And uh, much like Wu-Tang, 
this podcast ain't nothing to mess with. I, I made that joke already. You weren't listening. Oh, I said that already. Wow, killer the bees. white guy beat the brown guy. Killer, killer bees, y'all. Yeah. Um, Tony Stark. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so there. So that's uh, the first part. Here's my issue. We all kind of trade comics and talk about them. Uh, then part two of the show, we have his first prints. We read a classic comic issue, a run, a graphic novel. A run, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a group of comics and a story arc. Um, so we do that in first prints, and we talk about those, some classic stuff. If you're brand new to comics, some good stuff to read. Uh, part three of the show, we have is the four-color character compendium, where we talk about uh, different comic book characters, superheroes, supervillains, a super team, an organization like S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that. Or we talk about a creator or an artist, somebody who's important to comics in some way for all you new folks out there. And also for you seasoned veterans who are looking to... Uh, you know, brush up before the comic book SATs that come up every year. Um, so, by oh the way, no. <laughs> oh no, I haven't studied. Um, I didn't take my last SATs. I'm definitely not taking those. Oh, uh, you do really good at the comic SATs. Ah, yeah. What's a Batman? <laughs> it's a whole portion on. Write an essay on why Batman's great. He's oh, not Frank God. Miller colon Batman <laughs> colon colon. <laughs> <laughs> the bloodening. Um, so, and of course, we end like every good comic book. We end with the back matter, where we talk about uh, letters and stuff again. And we do have a U fifty two submission, which is some artwork we've been do- we've been getting from a, a listener of ours. And we talk about movie news and comic book news and all sorts of fun, neat stuff. So, those are the four sections of the show. Those are the four of us. So now you know what's going to happen, and we begin. So, I believe Mister Chu. Chewy yes. over here, ironically, drew the short straw by using a book that starts with his own last name. Chewy, yes. tell us about your book this time. Can I give you a little, a little origin for this first? Go for it. If you Set have the to. scene for us. Set Chewy. the scene. So, remember my origin story and how it involved a girl and The Walking Dead, and then later on another girl, and then me reading The Walking Dead. Oh, you mean like mm-hmm. all of our stories? Yeah, except for well, that that girl that introduced me that got me The Walking Dead trade. Um, it was actually, I can't remember if it was after she got me that or before she got me that. I think it w- might've been a Christmas or something like that. I was like, uh, she likes like comic books and like manga and stuff like that. Um, so I went to a comic book shop, uh, a small one and I just walked in and was like, I don't know what to get her. So I just got her, like this gift card. Right. And as I was walking out, I look on the, I look on the wall and I see some comic books in the rack that have my last name just right there, bold print on the front. So I'm like, huh, that'd be kind of cool. So I just picked them up and I put them away and I never like looked at them or anything like that. And then eventually when I started reading comic books, I read it and I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Like me, this book is awesome. So I want to talk about it. It's called Chew. It's from Image Comics, and it is Chew Number One, created by John Lehman and Rob Gilroy. Um, and yeah, so long story short, Tony Chu, Detective Tony Chu. What's your real name, Chewy? What's your full name? I Give it for the kids. Don't want to. <laughs> Let's just say that's fair. It's very similar to Tony Chu, but it's not Tony. Anyway, continue. So. <laughs> It sounds Detective like Tony Chu <laughs> is uh, a sibiopath, which means that he can actually taste uh, a, a food or bite into something or anything like that. And he can kind of see the process by which it got there. Um, so if he bites an apple, he can go ahead and see, you know, where it got picked, who, you know, who picked it, etc. Or if he eats a hamburger, he can figure out how that hamburger came to be a hamburger. What's the name for that? 
He's sibiopathic. Sibio. It's spelled like C-I-B. Oh, I'm sorry, sibopathic. Oh, sibopathic. It's, it's in, in the, the thing. It's in the book. That's, Did, didn't was, you read it? I'm literally reading the first page right now. <laughs> but in any case, he uh, the only thing he can't read is beats, so he pretty much eats exclusively beats. And we go into this futuristic wasteland in which chicken is outlawed and and stuff like that. So it's not really wasteland. It's like well, normal where land, you can't eat chicken, yeah. then it's a wasteland. But it's, it's <laughs> I guess. Hey, you just ate three chicken soft tacos. Imagine, Imagine a world where you could thank have done your lucky that. stars. Yeah, there'd be beef soft tacos. The end. Moving forward, you could get those, but you didn't choose to. Mm. There you go. Anyway, so that that's the world that we live in in this book. And he's a detective, and he's uh, hanging out with his partner, and stuff happens. Who he hates. So, what did you guys? think well i mean first impressions have you guys read the book and you know (laughs) have we read it no i didn't i've i'd read it before uh i love the like the concept of this book yeah is so good yeah like the detective like not just the detective who eats things and see where they came from but like living in a world that the asian flu or the avian flu wiped out so many people that chickens are outlawed like and and the FDA is like this insane hardcore organization that's that's bringing people down and, and the it's fact that there's like, like the chicken speakeasies yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like it's just oh it's just so clever and funny like I I love the setup for this for this book like not just this issue but the yeah. book in it as a whole my favorite thing about that aspect that you're talking about is how it is um the avian flu killed all those people it's like it's it's all like conspiracy theory stuff yeah so it's Mm kind of like well did it really no it i heard it didn't kill anybody they just want to control what you can eat man Mm -hmm. so i love i love how the fda guy is like this big theatrical kind of like um i don't know like 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 he speaks strangely he's got a huge mustache yeah he's like thespian he's like this big dr robotnik a little bit, but like not evil. He's got an ascot. Don't try to get me in on this. Not you, Chew. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like this very flamboyant type of like just larger than life say, character. Mm, quite. There you go. Yes, this, is my, this is my voice. Mm. <laughs> that's that's pretty much right. Yeah. Um, I feel like bad. yeah. So Ian, just to say things. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed the book. I, I, I've I've been meaning to read this for a while, and I just kind of haven't had oh, the time wow. to actually sit down and actually look at it. Um, I mean, what these guys said is perfectly how I feel. Just I echo that. Um, I think the idea and concept is really, really original, um, especially for a book like an image book where, I mean, I don't know about this time, probably Walking Dead was their, their big thing, but what else was around this time that came out? Spawn. Oh, I mean, this Spawn. This is 2009. It's been... So I mean, there's, a, there's an image was pretty, you know, they were doing pretty well at this point. This mm-hmm. is Walking Dead starting to take off and yeah. stuff. So I mean, it's a definitely, definitely unique, a really unique book. But what struck me even more than the story being unique is the art style. But I, I didn't want to steal Alan's thunder on that. But <laughs> the yeah. art style, I really dig the character design. Design, it's very different. You don't see a lot of books uh, that look like this that are mainstream books where the car it's very cartoony and very. Um, and everybody has this kind of distinct look about them, even though they're all like you know they don't have. No two characters to me look alike. There's not really a lot of same face in here, really, that I can see. It's it's a lot of um, lines that are used, not strictly. So they're not strictly used lines. So mm-hmm. the the you'll see a lot of like kind of stray marks and stuff every once in a while. But mm-hmm. ultimately, the the you get a lot of those weird um, 
not weird, but like the you get a lot of those different sized faces and feet and hands and that kind of thing because it's general anatomy, but at the same time they are either they he picks and chooses what he wants to characterize yeah. and what he doesn't. So you have normal anatomy on his left side and then greatly exaggerated on the right side. And it gives this kind of like weird yeah. fisheye type thing going on. But it's all technically still within mm. proportion for the most part, so it looks just really interesting. Mm. Uh, it's sort of like, yeah, if you took a fisheye lens and you just walked around with two of them over your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I really dig is that, that that's that's what kind of caught my eye with it was the art style, um, but the color palette is kind mm-hmm. of something that stands out. And I know you're definitely one more versed on color palette than I am, so I kind of want to hear <laughs> your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I was actually just—I was gonna say something about that. It's they do a lot with a limited palette, like a like a you can look at in the pages and be like, this is a really yellow page, and and it they do it in a great way because it it gives you like an idea of where they are, like when they're outside, and it's mostly sort of they're outside in like twilight or night, everything's sort of grayish purple, but then when they're when they're inside the restaurant, it's it's kind of this garish yellow. Um, it's really neat, and it's and it it helps because there's the part towards the end where he's totally like covered in blood and there's blood everywhere and the blood's there, but it still sort of fits into the mutedness of the tones of the book. So it's not just like, you know, bright blood splattered everywhere. It just sort of, it sort of fits. It works. It, because of, because of the fact that it's, we're dealing with food and we're dealing with people and stuff like that, they could have gone like really over the top with a lot of colors and stuff like that. But I think the atmosphere of the book works a lot better with the, the kind of muted color yeah. because then it, it lets the, it sort of lets the story and lets the funny stuff shine. I really like that part in the speakeasy too, speaking of color, because it's funny because in my brain, it that, that kind of golden yellowy yeah. brown and then that brown, mm-hmm. that's the colors I equate with chicken. Yeah, like yeah, yellow like, is like very that chicken mm-hmm. soup color, and then yeah. you have the brown, which is like fried chicken. It's kind of the mix of those together. Right. And then they have that one double page spread where he actually takes the bite of that chicken soup and he just sees all these horrific yeah. images. Um, that, I mean, it's those but kinds it's, of pages that blow me away. But that, oh, but, yeah. but the coloring on there is like perfectly in for somehow it's perfectly in tune with chicken as a yeah. food, which is yeah. weird. It's such a subtle detail. What's interesting like is it. you picked that out because I picked out the the same detail of the color but not for the same reason. And that was more because I'm like, oh, it's like he's in a speakeasy. Speakeasies were back during like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good point too. So they yeah. have like a sepia tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's it kind really of puts cool. you back into something that's like out of our time, but it's happening in our time. I was more boring. I just associated with bad lighting, but the fact they did, <laughs> but the fact they did bad lighting yeah. and made it feel kind of like this place probably isn't like, well, you know, yeah, like bare light bulbs. Well. Yeah. If you've been in a fried chicken joint, I mean, it's got that like overly warm lighting and stuff like that. You know, Roscoe's is kind of lit like that. Yeah, so. it it's true. It is. Yeah. And everything's sort of brown and, and yellow. There. Yeah. 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 Um, I, the thing that really put the source out, I mean, it's an interesting top, you know, an interesting uh, kind of premise or whatever, but you're like, okay, cool. He can like, you know, see this stuff. So he's got this like weird little eccentric quirk that he only eats beets, but that comes into play obviously in the story where, you know, the, the beginning you see the dude cut his finger and that's how he can figure out that there's actually a criminal in the establishment that's a killer. Right. And that's where they go for that. And he can, you know, taste different parts of, so that comes into play later in the series, as you as mm-hmm. you're aware, Ryan, because you've read more of it. But I mean, it's not like a huge spoiler. But at some point, they have to figure out who someone was, 
and they can't do it based on fingerprints. They can't do it based on, you know, dental records or anything like that. They're like, uh, well, how do we figure out how to do it? And they're like, well, we were hoping you could help us out with that. He's like, I, I don't know how to do that. And like, well, we have a severed finger here. Oh, man. So he has to end Yikes. up like eating things to figure stuff out that's like that. Gross. And, uh, like, he's a, a cannibal. That's such a cool device because something like that is so gross. Yeah, it's, but yet it's it, it, so it just strikes you in that corridor. But you're like, yeah. oh, but it's the only way. Exactly, and then you know, smart, he, he, there's smart. that guy and, in the and alley. And they play it up for comedy, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and that's that's he, what's, he that's, that's it, really know, gross. His cheeks get like ten times bigger. So, yeah, you know, of course. So it, it's pretty awesome. I like that they do that in this book because this could very easily be like a really dark, really, mm-hmm. really gory, like messed up book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're like, they play it for laughs. It seems very good. Tim Burton-y to me. Like, yeah, you know, that. it's I like you write that. it's kind of macabre, yeah, but at the yeah. same time, like, very silly. Yeah. You can see Johnny Depp playing Tony Chu. No. 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 <laughs> no, but I could see him playing no. the FDA guy. <laughs> there so you go. Probably have more fun. Yeah. He'd probably have more fun with that. Let's be honest. Get a point. Oh, um, my God. There's, there's this whole, jeez, um, oh, I just had it right there on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh, yeah. So this, this book, this story has been kind of in talks to be a series, and then eventually... That got canned, and then maybe an animated series, and this and that. And um, they do work as an animated. They're, they're trying. People it, would would shy away from the whole cannibal aspect. Yeah, of thing. They're like that would unless sink it, it was like on Comedy Central or something like that, or maybe yeah. even well, like a pay cable zombie now. Yeah, it's true now. But she's a zombie. She's not yeah. a regular person. But if you yeah, explain that he has to, I mean, like if you explain it, that he has to do like. Like oh he can sense things if you build it in slowly like like um, we mentioned this and you'll hear it on Spoilercast we talk about the Avengers and the Marvel universe them slowly building in these concepts but if you build in that concept that oh he's able to solve crimes or help when he eats things and that one he has to I mean they may not have him eat a whole finger but maybe he has to take a bite or yeah, like, lick right. it or something well, oh. I think another <laughs> downtime a downside or like a thing that would make it difficult as a show mm-hmm. is that it really hinges a lot on. 2008 2009 and the avian flu yeah a lot of people have kind of forgotten about that yeah yeah and yeah. no, I, I feel you um maybe to, if they made it so that bacon was illegal because the oh, swine flu ooh, oh, there yeah. you go. to put to put a bow on on that aspect of the show thing is um i don't know where it's at now if it's dead in the water or whatever but they were moving forward with an animated series and to voice tony chu they had steven yun oh, cool. oh yeah, yeah there there he Walking recorded dead. lines so I was like, oh, that's like perfect. That'd be right really there. good. I like um, that. The last thing I wanted to like say about this book and the art style in particular here. I mean, mm. the writing, the story is great. You have, you know, the the kind of jerk cop. You have, you know, right. the, you know, more like, yeah. oh, I'm kind of tortured. I can't have chicken. Um, <laughs> you, you have that whole dynamic and stuff. And then you, you grow to hate the other cop where he's just, oh, he's just a jerk and he doesn't even like detective Tony Chu and stuff like that. But then where he gets that hatchet to the face yeah. and detective Tony Chu is like, Oh my God. He's like, what are you doing? Go after that guy. <clears throat> Fine. And he just dies, oh. you know, like, yeah. um, but it, it hurt a little bit. It did. It did. Cause you're like, he wants what's right in the end. But, um, we talked about the art style and like how you said it could easily have gone like gross and macabre and like, mm-hmm. you know, like dark. Um, so in a book where it is darker and more macabre revival, there was kind of uh-huh. a thing that they did across okay. pollination on an issue where they did half an issue of revival. It was like a Chu revival mashup oh, really? where like Tony Chu was a detective in <laughs> revi- in, um, in like the revival 
you know, universe mm-hmm. and drawn uh, in the style of revival and all that stuff. And then there was one where they were trying to solve a case and it was everyone in revival drawn in this style. Weird. That's it, funny. Yeah. So you kind of had, you know, lots of blood and body parts and police work. And they're like, huh, these two have all of those things. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's flip them. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought that, it's that like was a kind CSI of a CSI cool. Law and Order crossover. There you go. Oh, with cannibalism t- and zombies. Yeah. That would be terrible on both this is a possibilities. Thing yeah. So, but I'm I'm glad you guys liked it. I I think this book it's a fun read. It's I really enjoyed read. it. I did too. Right now, there's so much of it out there too that you can get the omnibuses, you can get the trades, and all that sort of stuff. So I highly recommend checking it out if you want to. You can but finding an issue one is going to be tough actual you know floppy but you can get the trades you can get the uh compendiums and all that sort of stuff at your local you know comic book store you can get it wherever you go cool um so that is chew uh so moving away it's actually my turn to go next um moving away from that and into a galaxy far far away that you may know of galaxy long long ago some might say or far, far ago, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, so I brought a book uh, that is from Marvel, but it's not a traditional Marvel book. Uh, Marvel just got the rights back to do the Star Wars comics, and they've been doing one that's a main continuity Since book. Since Marvel is owned by Disney and, and Lucasfilm is owned and, by Disney. And, yep, there you go. They get, to, they get to partner together. So they've been doing a Star Wars series, but they've also had a couple spinoff series. And so I picked uh, issue one of one of the spinoff series, uh, which is uh, issue one of Darth Vader. Uh, it is uh, written by Kieran Gillen. Um, Gillian, am I saying that right? Gillen, 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 Karen Gillen. Uh, and Not to be confused with Karen Gillian. Gillian. Yeah, yeah I was like, person. wasn't that? And Apparently then Salvador, he, he Salvador La Roca is the artist. Um, I I picked this book because I think there's a couple reasons why, Um, but just to kind of give you guys kind of a taste of what it is, if you're familiar with Star Wars, if not, shame on you. Stop this podcast and go watch Star Wars. Uh, Just (laughs) just four, five, and six, that's it. Um, But... uh, this takes place shortly after they have a little title crawl in the beginning, kind of like a Star Wars movie. Uh, takes place uh, shortly after uh, the first Death Star explodes, and we're kind of with Darth Vader um, as he goes on a little bit of a mission on his own. But um, so it's after New Hope, before Empire. Yes, correct. This is between there, and that's I think where all the books right now are taking place. Um, one little thing: if you are reading this book and you haven't read the main Star Wars continuity, there's a little brief flashback scene in here. I wanted to say this to the guys in the show in case they forgot. Um, but there's a part where you see a scene that was never in the movies, which is Darth Vader talking to Luke before you know, you know, the whole Empire Strikes Back business, and he recognizes Luke's lightsaber. Um, but he doesn't get to tell Luke who it is, whose it is, because a giant AT AT foot comes in between them and is destroying the space that they're at. So that's all you need to know. Okay. Other than that, you can take this from a, a a clean like I just watched the Star Wars movie standpoint. So what did you guys uh, think of the? We'll start with the story. What did you think of the story? I think that Darth Vader makes a terrible protagonist. Really? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, this is like I I keep hearing him in my head, and I'm like I'm. He's not a guy that, like, is dynamic. Darth Vader is very straightforward, very tight, very, like, he has a lot of power, but at the same time, he has so much power, he doesn't get to flaunt it very often. And I was really kind of expecting him to, like, cut loose in the comics with stuff they couldn't do in the movies. And he's still, he just seems very stiff and, like, kind of like, I will say things. They will happen in short sentences. This is what you will do. And it's like... For somebody who's supposed to be... Like, he works really well as a background villain, but he does not work very well as a main character. Alan, are you familiar with a trilogy of films known as 
the prequels? <laughs> wow. No. Nobody nobody will <laughs> ever accept those exist ever again. Okay. Um, but do you, does anybody get what I'm saying? Am I alone yeah. in this? No, I, 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 I kind of feel the same way, but I actually felt that he was too verbose in this. I felt really? like he was talking too often. And it, 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 for me, it was weird to see him go somewhere to meet with someone to talk about something rather than the other way around. Um, or rather than sending someone to do it for him. It, it seemed kind of like I, I feel like I like the idea of Darth Vader being like, I'm going to go out there and kick some butt. <laughs> like, it, it just seeing it, he's kind of being like, oh, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. It just doesn't play well in my head it for me. It doesn't. It doesn't reason. feel right. Like, it feels like they. They're like, oh, Darth Vader is an agent of the Sith, right? He should be going and getting stuff done. But at the same time, he was never portrayed that way in the movies. And, like, mm. I can't shake the fact that he is a order giver, not a, you know, he's like, he's the big muscle that will step in when things get really, really crazy, but that pretty much mm. never happens. Like the decision maker, but not necessarily the muscle. Right, exactly. Even though he's yeah. supposed to be the muscle, right? I, I feel like, personally, this felt like something Boba Fett should have been doing. Yeah, okay. Boba, Boba Fett, Fett doesn't series. work for... He doesn't say, what is thy bidding? My and he ends up hiring Boba Fett at the end anyway. It just it, the, the type of action seemed a little bit like that, uh, personally. But, uh, yeah. I appar- Apparently, the, the prequels fit more into my feelings about Star Wars than I realized, because this feels very much like like the the Darth Vader that Anakin became, right? Being being the 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 guy who goes and gets the stuff done that the Emperor needs done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and and he's very much the like one liner from the first movie. The you know the you know see that you do not. I, I can't think of a right. good, I can't think of a good Darth Vader line from the first movie. But I am your father. No, oh, no, that's sorry, the second movie. movie. No, but you know the um, I have altered the deal. Pray that I do not alter it further. Like yeah. that kind of that kind of Darth Vader. This right. is he's a very much. Where is the ambassador? Yeah, he's very <laughs> much that, and I really like. I don't know. Part of this is seeing somebody get to play in this universe, and seeing Darth Vader get to come up on um, Job of the Hut, and that whole exchange between Darth Vader and Job of the Hut. That's something we've never had. And one of the cool things about having. Star Wars books is that you basically just get to like somebody else gets to gets to put combinations of characters together who they who haven't been together before and and who it wouldn't ruin future stories for them to have met. And so like at least for at least for that part like all the all of the stuff that he's doing on Tatooine cuz we know he's been to Tatooine before because of the prequels right. and he has some history there and the the scene at the end where he's slaughtered all the all the uh, gun people. mummies is is gun just- mummies <laughs> <laughs> Ryan that is you hit the nail on the head for why I like the the beginning of this book a lot and it also calls it kind of is a call forward, I guess, if you're doing it chronologically, to when Luke is in that same position. Yeah, he yeah. is in front of Jabba doing that, and he gets tricked by the by the by the you know the the floor that drops in under him. And Darth Vader's like, "No, nah, I'm smarter than this this crap." Yeah. yeah, it's like, what are you trying to do? See, that's the thing. Is yeah. that's why I got really excited. I'm like, okay, so full disclosure. I know we've talked about this. Probably is I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Like mm-hmm. I. I, but you're familiar with Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. like Star Wars, but like it never really grabbed me that hard. So like this, I'm like, oh, this could be really good. 
But it's so boring. Like he is so boring in this first issue. It, nothing happens. It was it's a very, bit diplomatic. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of diplomacy. There's a lot of diplomacy in the prequels, guys. And it, it also feels like one of those putting pieces into place issues a little I, bit. Even yeah. then, I don't really feel like it. I feel like literally nothing happened in this issue. I feel like you could read the first three pages, probably some of the Jabba stuff if you wanted to, and then the last three pages, and you would be totally caught up. It would have been the same thing. I don't feel like any. I don't really feel like the middle really has anything to offer in this particular issue. I, I can understand. There's a bit of a lull in the middle with the whole emperor. I think the point of that is to to have to to give you the idea that his relationship with him is kind of strained because, like, you know, he kind of bungled right. up. It's like, hey, man, I contracted yeah. you to take care of that big building we were building, and it was all working and everything, and then you know you didn't. Somebody freaking blew it up, man. Yeah, what the <laughs> heck? Man? That was your job. <laughs> that was the other. thing. You had one little, job, Vader. It was a little funny to me was to see it being like, you know. Stevenson, your your performance is under review right now. I mean, you know, you were in charge of that big account. Consider yourself on probation. Probation. <laughs> I mean, it's not a big deal, but we You're do have to formally take a notation of this. Yeah, this is going to go in your report. permanent record. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It does feel. I feel like it feels that part. Like it's cool because there's we don't ever really get to see much of that tension between Vader and the Emperor until the end of Jedi. Yeah, um, I just feel like I'm the super Emperor hardcore was like, to Star Wars. I feel like the Emperor was just ragging on him though. Like, but he was. He the Death he's Star mad. He blew up, up the assault. You can't see Vader's Dude, bro, face. You had like, one job to watch my house that could blow up other houses, <laughs> and you let it get burned down. What's wrong with one you? House that could blow well, up other and he even hints yeah. that like you let the rebels get the plans. Yeah. And yeah. didn't kill R2-D2. I know. I got yeah. the fact that the Emperor was mad, but there was no reaction from Vader. Like I said, yeah. if the, if that's the tough main when, character... when your main character is, is is wearing a robot mask. Right. You don't get to see what Tony Stark looks like behind it. Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, Optimus Prime has been in comics for but a long Optimus time. But Optimus Prime can have facial expressions. Darth Vader's eyes don't move. Yeah, that's true. I It's hard. I get that it's hard. It's just, I really wanted Vader to like go, okay, I screwed up. Right, clearly, this needs to get fixed. I'm gonna go throw some muscle around, and I feel like he did way more talking than going. I don't have time for this sh- stuff. <laughs> oh, did it? That's good. I forgot. This is a kids movie. <laughs> I don't. Know. Oops. I kind of feel like I just feel like him dealing with his anger. There his should last have been page. more of that. The Baseball last splash where he just killed all those gun mummies. He should have walked into Jabba. Thrown everybody against the thrown everybody against the wall. Everybody shut up because I got things to say right now. They didn't have to. He's Darth Vader. But he should have because he's on the list. They were all terrified. I think his idea is like, like we need something to show that he's angry, and we don't get that till the very last page. And even then, I'm still really skeptical of whether or not he's angry or he was bored and had nothing else to do except commit genocide. Well, no, I mean if you remember from Star Wars, his mom. I didn't even tie it to that. I mean, I did, but at the same time, in the context of the issue. That didn't make sense. Can I ask you guys another question? There's no though? George R. Binks. Can I ask you another question? What do you yes. think? And we talked about the story itself, but what do you think? Uh, the reason that one of the reasons I picked this issue is I was really surprised that for a Star Wars comic made by Marvel, this has surprisingly some really good visual storytelling, some good show don't tell moments in here. I think, uh, especially I mean the action's well done, but there's that whole moment where he's kind of reflecting on different moments of from the movie and also that one moment from the other issue I was telling you guys about. But there's a lot of, like, I think some good show don't tell with the, with, with visual storytelling. I don't know if you guys kind of feel that same way. Or I feel like like you can tell from the very first page of the book as soon as you open it up and it's set and it 
looks like the opening of a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and I can hear in my head the. Bah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I like, totally yeah. That like happened the me. whole the whole. See, I heard book, the Imperial March in my head because it's only about Vader. Well, but, <laughs> but I like I see a long time ago in a galaxy yeah. far, far away, uh-huh. and the music starts playing automatically. Mm-hmm. But like the whole book is written like those movies are shot. That's true. Like it, it feels like one of the original Star Wars movies, which is which is saying something because that's pretty incredible that these iconic movies and i pick up a comic book and i and just the way the shots are framed and the way the shots are are the way the panels are framed and stuff like that puts me right back in that and so i feel like when you're talking about visual storytelling it reads like 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 there's a shot towards the end where Darth Vader's like standing on some rock outcropping, right? And like his cape's blown in the wind. And it's kind of a pinup shot, and it's kind of stupid. But at the same time, like that is absolutely an episode, a, a shot oh, yeah. from like right here with the one day later with the two sons. Yeah. And you can hear the John Williams music playing. This is like cute John Williams. Yeah, it's like absolutely from the movie. Yeah, you pl- you hear the you well, you would probably hear the Anakin theme, but right? Whatever. Um, it's but that is yeah like I agree. this is this move this book this is the first comic book that I've ever read that's based on a movie that like puts me right back in the movie and it's not like this is a dumb comic version we, of a movie that I like. I yeah, agree. It does definitely suck you into that feel. So mm-hmm. I mean that's something to be noticed. Can yeah. we talk about the fact that apparently bounty hunters must have Wookiees? Can we talk about the fact that like there's an Why? evil Wait. Chewbacca counterpart, right? There's and then like now a- Han Solo is like, and Chewbacca are the good version, and then there's Boba Fett and this metal-looking dude with a big old scar what's, on his face and his dreadlocks. Name? Do they say his name? I don't think they do, but I, th- I know he's a he character does. in canon. Nah, he's a character. That's a person. Is he really? That's a guy. His name is um, sit right here, Black Kersantan. Uh, yeah, Kersantan, which what is pretty Black close to Kersantan. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or Saint I was going to ask Chewie though. What do you guitar. feel? What do you feel about the the, the punk bounty hunter, the b- bounty hunter Wookie with the messed up eye? Um, the spiked shoulder pad. Come on. Oh man, he's pretty metal. I don't know how I feel because like he's, Mad a, Max. he's evil Chewbacca. He's metal. He's evil Chewbacca, and maybe it's because I was unaware of him as a character before, but it just kind of felt like, well, here's the cool poochied out version. Okay, I you know. yeah, I can see that. But okay. if I would have known that it was a character in canon, then I probably would. I still think it's dumb that he's Pucci a character out. in canon, but that's fine. <laughs> what do you think about the? Because uh, I know that now, now, now I'm gonna canon. now Ryan's giving me a little bit of praise. I'm gonna I'm gonna sink down this. Uh-oh. What about the art? At it's, least it's really, really good in some parts and a little off in others. But, but that being said, I, even in the yeah. parts where it's a little off, it's a lot to draw. Like this, it's yeah. really detailed, dude. Like the art in like the the general Star Wars aesthetic is let's put knobs and switches on everything, and then to have to draw that panel after panel after panel, he knocks it out of the park. He kills it. It's so good. Um. And it's like draw all these geometric shapes in perfect perspective every single panel. It's like, yeah. man, I want to see the pencils for these pages because they have oh. to be messy. Like these, it's just got to be. It's got to look like chaos. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, I'm pretty much with Alan here, but I just think for the story that it is for the characters involved for the property that it is it's perfect for it you know in another context i'd say it's too glossy it's a little too mm-hmm. overdone but with this it's just it's fitting that's what it is that's yeah. what it, it, it feels so much like the movie that like 
yeah. I wouldn't knock the normal things that I would that, knock. That's what makes it feel like you're in the movie as opposed to, oh, I'm reading a comic book about the movie. Although it would be kind of cool to see Star Wars in a really stylized art art style. Well, uh, look at I Princess mean, Leia. Have you read that? Have you seen that also, book? Also, don't I've forget not that one. Like, the last 20 years of Dark Horse Star Wars books. I mean, they've all we know they've they all, all been thrown like down the memory way. hole, but... You, you know, know what would be cool? And maybe it's just because I like, like his art in general. It'd be cool to see Paul Pope do Star Wars. That, Paul, that Paul Pope neat. has done Star Trek. Yeah. I'd no, like besides the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover. Yeah. I want to see <laughs> him do <laughs> Star Wars. He did a prequel Wars, to though. the first Star Trek movie in Wyoming. Yeah. I don't know why. I just feel like he'd do a really good job drawing Luke. I can That'd see that. Neat. That'd be yeah. neat. Yeah, I can see that. So, well, if you guys want to check this out, you can do that. Uh, there are a couple ways you can check that out. You can go probably still find an issue of this at your local comic book store. I think there's only four or five issues out now. So, really easy to get caught up on. Um, the you can also are a little pricey, though, right? They're like five bucks each? Yeah, it's a, depending on where you're going. Um, you can also, uh, I know I picked up mine, as Chewy always uh, uh pimps out i'll pimp them out too is at fat collectibles if you're in the orange county area um you can also buy them digitally i highly recommend um if you are going to if you're going to do this um also reading the uh the regular star wars comic that they have coming on going on right now um, because it kind of ties in with that and it has a little more resonance i think with that i think maybe that was a mistake going with this one instead of that one but the other one the star wars comic's a little bit longer than this that, one's so got darth vader in it. and this one has a lot of darth vader in it, which is great dark mater yeah so that's what my son calls him Dark so, Mater. <laughs> uh, moving on from uh, the universe of Star Wars over to Ryan's uh, book the uh, that's that's wacky and weird. The exact opposite <laughs> of Star Wars. Uh, so, Ryan, tell us about the book that you brought this time. Sure. Um, I guess I'll preface it by saying the book I brought is totally not appropriate for children or teenagers or, you know, the more sensitive adults that you know. It's not s- suitable for people. <laughs> Oh no! I'm no. I I meant that as like because you were excluding a lot of people from it. Was a joke. Yeah. It's oh, joke. It's He's joke. He's joke. He's joke. He's joke. Funny. Okay. Uh, I so, like. Um. But it is. Uh. So the book I brought is Frontier Number Seven. Uh. From a, a very very small publishing. Uh. Small press called uh, Youth in Decline. Uh. This one is written and drawn entirely by uh, Jillian Tamaki. Each issue of um. Of Frontier is drawn and written by a single person. They're all different. They're all standalone stories. Uh, so I subscribed to a year of Frontier uh, at the beginning of the year for like 12 bucks, and they give me four digital issues. It's released quarterly. Uh, so this is Frontier number seven. Uh, and the actual title of the story, which is just one story, is Sex Coven. A very un-Ryan-like title, if I might say so myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the basic story is... The comic is kind of like a documentary about a fictional six-hour-long MP3 that uh, has weird metaphysical properties. Well, apparently it creates so, hallucinations. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. What, what did you guys think about the story? So what did you Ryan, guys think about that? Ryan. Yeah. I have to interject here. Remember that time you brought that book about the people who find their own little hole in the wall and they walk into it and it's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be real scary? Yeah, this yeah. was way more terrifying to me. Really? That, like, really? This, that you just listen to music and all of a sudden like you just can't control what you're doing. And you're like, it's people, like getting drunk, no, man. it's not it's that you can't like control the same thing. But that, yeah. yeah, that's terrifying. I would expect you to be on that no. because you're like terrified of so, doing stuff like that. I don't think it's so much that it's you can't but it's control almost like a what dare. you're doing. It's just you're so... I guess I I really uh, I'm gonna start with with this I I don't know why but I love this this book 
Like, I, I love it. I, I, I loved it, too. It, it just scared me a little it's, bit. It's probably because I'm susceptible to cult. <laughs> probably. <laughs> very true. That's very true. All, oh, man. Oh, no. This um, keeps coming back I, around. I kept reading this being like, I want to hear this. <laughs> um, I didn't. I don't want to become part is, of the I, Jonestown. I don't, I don't think it's like, cult. you know. I'll make you a mix. Like, people can't control, you know, what they're doing. It's just, I mean, man, really what it is, it's like you're just really, really really entranced in the music and when you do so you just tune everything else out so it makes you careless like you if you're not safe about it you can be careless just like you know we talked about you know if you're doing lsd or mushrooms or whatever else it is if you're not in you know uh, if, if you're in, if you're in a place in which you can get hurt you will likely get hurt you know or anything else mm-hmm. it just you're kind of in your own little world with it and sometimes that means you're not paying attention to traffic or you know whatever it is especially because they say like you go out at night and you do it like in the forest and like all this stuff so it's kind of you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation to begin with mm-hmm. you know and then you're kind of saying okay i'm gonna tune out you know my attentiveness to my environment but i thought it was i thought it was rad man because it, it does delve into that <laughs> It's internet, the comic book. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. it delves into internet culture, yeah. and you kind of see how things. You, you anything that you've seen, you're like, oh, oh, this is a thing. Like, okay, but just to kind of throw things out there, you know, trends or things that people do, planking. Uh, what what's other things that are like that? Owling. You know? I don't anyway. know. I don't even um, know what that is. But. Yeah, it's uh, calling back to our other book, Vadering. Oh, uh, Vadering. Do you remember Vadering? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Vader would jump the and you go like this. You know, Vadering or like where people are really into a particular video and stuff like that. You know, like when these videos. Oh, video- the Harlem Shake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the Harlem Shake. <laughs> you know, these quote unquote internet phenomena. You uh-huh. know, the people. Or like Slender Man. Ugh, right God. like this is this <laughs> thing that just someone throws it out there and it takes on this whole life of its own and yeah. you kind of see a behind the scenes as to how that happens and how something sits on the internet for like years unnoticed and then one person throws it out there with a different name or gives it a different exposure and then it just blows up and then how you see how people like are early adopters to it and they really get into it and they sink their teeth into it you know and then you have people that jump on later because they see it you know it's more mainstream and it's got Mm -hmm. a lot more exposure and then you have that you're like oh it's cool they become fans of it and then you also have the bandwagoners that oh this is the new trend so i'm gonna do this for a little while and that's the little scene where that you see the the uh, group of friends walking down the street like oh my god it's gonna be so funny and they're in a group of like 10 and they say you're only supposed to do it in a group of three yeah yeah it, and it's just and you see the the decline and the people that never let go of it yeah the lifers <sighs> it's just I, i'm like it's cool because you kind of understand you're like when when something's a thing on the internet this this is how it happened this is why it happened i think that's a really good point to bring up on uh, as well as the fact that this makes sense which is weird <laughs> no it, it yeah. the the way that it gets around the fact that you can talk about oh it's spread because of a peer-to-peer sharing site that sounds a lot like you know limeware or whatever it yeah. is um and the fact that we can all read it and go oh that was a lot like what we used to do back in the day. Like, yeah. there's to the yeah. point where this story is n- like not even close to science fiction. This is something that happened ten years ago. Yeah, I think that makes it a really effective, scary, ghosty story. I think it kind of does. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we do? Can I do a little experiment real quick? Yes. Can, uh, go around the circle and ask each person just very briefly, "What is this about?" 
<laughs> like, what do you think this book was about? About people doing this thing that caught on that was really creepy. And then there was these people who did it so much. They're like a cult. Like, they're used to it. Like, they need to do it. That's how I took it. And that's why it creeped me out. Because it was, like, very much cult mentality. Like, oh, we all got to do it. We have to do it. See, I didn't take it more. The more you think about it, the more it sounds like almost like a, like, like, like a drug or like a dare. Like, oh, right. let's, oh, let's do this. That's the thing to do. You know? It's like Rick rolling, you know, it's that thing that everyone's got to do for that time. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but when you put it that way, it's, it takes a little bit of the sting out of it, but it still weirds me out that it's kind of like, there's the people that there's that, that lack lifers. of or that, even that lack of control. Like you're like, you're, you, you want to do this, but at the same time, it's like, you're so into it. That's the point that I was trying to make with the silhouette thing is that they're not in control that that's anyway, but yes, yes. Lack it's, of control. It's the, it, that you're freaks me out. Here, that freaks yeah. me out. Chewie, what was this book about for you? For me, I think it all gets summed up at the very end when the interview is wrapping up. And um, I forget the names. We have Raven is the one being interviewed. Right. Okay. Where Raven is talking about um, her experiences and the guy who's doing it for the sociology class or whatever kind of like leaves and stuff. And it's the whole like... It, it has this weird like dual message and one of them I think is where they're talking about uh, Raven's uh, partner girlfriend or whatever and uh, she's so into making the deadlines or no Raven was into making the deadlines right kind of put herself in that perspective and it's like it's about like okay you get into something because there's something that draws you into it there's something that you, you just can't explain but you become a part of it and then over time you don't even notice it but it kind of turns into a business and you're not even doing it for the same reason you were before. Mm -hmm. You're so much on autopilot that, you know, you started at that job because you wanted to make a difference. You, you, you listen to that band because they really impacted people. And now it's just kind of like a thing that you go through the motions with. Um, so it's kind of like a, that whole message of like, if you're going to be a lifer in something, know what it's about and do it because of the original reasons mm -hmm. maybe and not, just stick with it because that's the only thing that you know. Um, but then there was that weird thing about the smoking at the end. It's like, so if I stand on the other side of this fence, that's okay if I smoke. And she's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Whatever. It just uh, in general, like society's weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was about, you know, it, 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 it's weird because the stuff they mentioned in the beginning of the book could have, could have taken place 10 years ago. Exactly. Like it said it did. Um, but you get kind of what Ian was saying, kind of the same cult mentality. And you go to a group of people, like Chewie said, where, you know, you get so into it. And those are the people that, like, are lifers, right? Mm -hmm. And this isn't something new. This is something that's happened before. These are the types of people, you know, it's... For thousands it, and thousands of years. Who will do All the same thing forever. Yeah. This is a modern age. This happens. This will happen. It will continue to happen. And it's interesting seeing... You remember all those people that said, you know, they believed in Hale Bob's comic or whatever? Yeah, that was that was weird and old. Hey, here's something that you can relate to that could totally happen because mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. And at the very end, where she's asking about, like, you know, that rule is messed up about the smoking thing, right? It doesn't matter where I smoke. And the, the person doesn't care. She's just doing her job. It's the same thing. It's like we continue... Like, it, it's showing... It, it's an expose on we continue to do the things that we will never be rid of. The scenery will change, the technology will change. However, people will not change. And that will move forward. That's kind of depressing. Yeah, 
that's why I was like, why did you make me read this? <laughs> <laughs> but like meditation on human nature. Speaking of like, well, going into the art, uh, the art of the book. Yeah, though, let's talk about the art. It's such a Ryan book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just guys, I'm like, I have oh boy, it's one so color, huh? Light, really like that light blue, huh? <laughs> it's it, a it good shifts. teal. It shifts. It gets light blue. It's teal. Oh yeah. It's what a what a what a large color time. jump it is. No, Cyan. no, no. I'm just teasing. But no, I, it, it's it's cool. It's an interesting layout for the book. Like you have to kind of understand how to read comics to, to read this though there's yeah. no there's no you know captain america arrows pointing <laughs> you in the right direction this is a comic book reader's, reader's comic, comic book yeah and oh, yeah. that's what i dig about it too you know and everything that's in there gives you information even like the backgrounds and stuff even if it's a big shot of two people kissing or you know in engaged in group love or whatever it is like it gives you information it puts you in a setting it puts you in a mind a state of mind and i think that's mm. kind of a really important thing there's no wasted space in this book yeah it's true yeah absolutely you know the gutters tell you things yeah i mean i'm a huge fan of uh, actually, I really like the Jillian Tamaki. I really like her other arc too. She has a web comic called Super Mutant Super Mutant Magic Academy uh, that just got uh, collected. It's sort of like Imagine If Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters and Hogwarts were the same school. Mm. Um, and then she did this other book called One Fine Summer that just got a, a bunch of art awards and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I really like. I like how sort of simple it is. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really deep. There are a lot of layers. Every time yeah. I read it, I notice stuff that I didn't see before. I think it's cool. It's really relatable. Even if you've never become part of a, an, an MP3 worship cult, yeah. you know, you've, I think everyone could, you I don't know, know if I know anybody who's become part of that, but. you know, <laughs> something that's kind of inexplicably drawn you in to obsession with that. You know, I know I've had albums that I've listened to nonstop and just couldn't listen to. There's this album, there's this band called, um, buried inside. And there's, um, the album's called chronoclast. Um, and it's, it's a weird concept album. And the whole album is about time and it's constructs on society and how it's a man-made construct that we hold ourselves to and how, it rules us even though we created it and all it's this weird thing and it's heavy and it goes between heavy and really light. It's just th there was a time where I listened to that album just like on repeat for like a good three weeks. And I was, Oh man, I was just so, I didn't care about anything in life. No, I like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, uh -huh. Oh, like I literally would just constantly be thinking in my head if I was at work or school or anything, like everything is pointless. Like th there's no point to anything. And it wasn't until I finally like shook that off and started listening to other music, but I, I couldn't stop listening to it. It was weird. So I, I can relate to this, you that. know, I feel that. So I, th I thought that was awesome. I dig this book. Cool. Cool. Uh, so you can get this book at youth and decline.com. So that's youth in I N decline.com. Um, I don't know if it's like, I have it digitally because I subscribe to their year subscription digitally. I don't know if there's another way to get it besides buying it from the website. Uh, they also have a sex coven t-shirt. <laughs> Sweet. Oh yeah. Like from, okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's uh, pretty that's rad. Pretty I rad. want that. Um, so yeah, they also, uh, youth in decline shows up in a lot of California area, uh, comic cons. They're from, I think they're headquartered in, in San Francisco. 
Cool. Uh, but yeah. Sweet. Um, so uh, finishing up here's my issue tonight. We have Alan's book. Alan, tell us about your really beautiful looking book. <laughs> so I brought a book called Low, uh, written by Rick Remender, drawn by Greg Tocchini. Um, it is an image book, and it's basically about uh, in the future when the sun starts expanding um, and the Earth gets bombarded with radiation. Uh, the humans go not underground but underwater. Uh, so they dive into the oceans, create different cities. Um, obviously, things get weird as far as you know evolution and stuff. Um, and there is a separate faction of apparently humans who are not as nice and or pretty. Um, so it focuses on one family. Uh, the family is like a sort of genetically elite family, as it were. They're able to pilot these particular kinds of suits, mm -hmm. uh, which have saved uh, the underwater cities in the past. So uh, one uh, one man, one woman, their two daughters, uh, and then hijinks ensue. Um, something that's been on my want-to-read list as soon as I saw that Rick Remender was uh, writing it. And they're like, oh, he's doing something that's not capes at the moment. Uh, <laughs> oh, I definitely want to read that. So I'm really glad I got to bring it. Um, what do you guys think? I had to read it twice. Yeah. To understand what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the first time I was reading the dialogue, and honestly, the second time I looked at the pictures, and I like I finally got it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because the first time I read it, I was a little tired or something. But, Could be. It's a little but, messy. But there was, but there's a lot there. Oh yeah. And yeah. It, like, and like zooming back out of it and looking at it now and being like, oh well, these bad guys are kind of like pirates, and and yeah. I didn't realize that they were underwater till kind of right now. Um, <laughs> and and just oh man there's so much stuff in this book that happens like i mean it's the first issue and we have just a huge grip of of exposition mm -hmm. uh but but man there's a there's a lot of really cool concepts like a lot of cool concepts showing in all at once i agree they give you the exposition right as they're pushing you forward into the story immediately. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, exposition, then story. No, it's you're happening right. at the same time. So this, I think this kind of gets into what I was talking about before with kind of like that like East-West hybrid. You have that like West Western-style manga, essentially, mm -hmm. where it, you're thrown into the middle of it. I mean, really, if you're, if you're not really... Looking at the exposition stuff where they're telling you a little bit about the history of the family and stuff like that, you're just right in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. And you got to kind of like get your sea legs, no pun intended, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's awesome. I mean, remember? Come yeah. on. You know, like what, what else do you want to say about that, you know? But um, this has been a book that's been on my list for a little while now. I actually have uh, number one uh, I do too. for nice. this uh, number one as well. And it's. It's beautiful looking, but I'll let you guys kind of talk a little bit more about it here. Okay, I'm going to be like, these guys gave some really deep comments, and I'm going to be totally doodly for a second. Like, the way that this guy draws women is really attractive. <laughs> I don't know why. But, like, oh, look at that. The art in general. I mean, it's oh, a really naked, I mean the My art gosh. is gorgeous, but, like, just, I don't know something, but when I was looking, I'm just looking at this again after, after reading, I'm just like, man, that guy knows, and I mean this in the most, you know, respectful way possible this guy knows how to draw a pretty looking naked lady like who's just wearing her husband's like tea like what looks to be like a dress shirt of some right sort. so like i don't know i just and i dig i just dug the art the art is i mean the story is great like these guys I, I totally echo what they're saying but that art just like which is weird for me because normally i'm such a story gravitator but this art just just stuck it, out to me it does this weird thing where he 
draws it like silhouettes. Right. It's interesting. But they're not yeah. silhouettes. Yeah. Like the you lines know. are not all and, connected. And like the, it's almost like you're looking through people. It's kind of weird. You know, it, it's like a. And just the backgrounds are just. Yeah. Oh God, it's so pretty. It's just so cool to look at. And the colors, the colors. I'm going to, you, you guys might not believe me at first, but think about this. The colors are a limited palette in this book. They there are, are. You're right. There are reds, there are orange, there are teals. There's some gradients in between, but just the colors you chose, everything just explodes off the you're page. Right. The gradients, the way they choose to use the gradients, kind of like. Uh, and where there's a lot of detail and then where it's super yeah. stylized or there's not detail. Mm-hmm. It It's, it's. I think that that I think that the art distracted me the first time I read it, yeah. uh, and and it's it's funny that Chewie that you said what you said uh, about like the exposition and then throws you in the story because I think the first time I read it I focused on all the exposition and missed the story, mm-hmm. but then the second time that I read it I was able to catch the story because I already knew it was coming with the exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the I mean I love the art, but sometimes it's a little tough to tell exactly what's happening. Yeah, like I didn't realize that they were underwater. Um, <laughs> But it makes sense, submarines and and, and things. Uh, but oh man, like the art is beautiful. But this is one of those books where I feel like I'm not super sure about it. It's one of those books where the end of the first issue means that all of the rest of the story is going to be in a completely different world than the one that we just experienced in the first True. issue. And like I'm and like I had some trouble following this first book, uh, admittedly for my own you know, personal whatevers, but I don't know, man, I'm, 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 I want to check out a second issue, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. I'm I, not sure. What do you think? Have you, how much have you read? Alan? Uh, just this one. Like I said, this was, okay. this was my excuse to read issue one. So I'm on the same boat and I totally agree with everything everybody said so far, but I get what you, I had the Glad same problem reading similar it. Similar taste in women. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, that's weird. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the art is the art doesn't help the writing style in the sense that it gets a little messy. Um, yeah, but it does lend itself really well to that moment when they're in peril because it feels very anxiety driven. Yeah. Oh yeah, it when does. they switch to the red and the orange only, mm-hmm. and then you start feeling really anxious and stuff. Even because it's not drawn out completely, it's not hard, thick, solid lines. Mm-hmm. Um, they are like it, it just gives you more anxiety and more urgency. Um, and then by the end of it, it's like you know you're left with kind of this weird okay this book does what a first issue should do right so it introduces the characters it introduces a world it does a little bit of world building and introduces the plot going forward by the end of the issue um so i feel like in in all those points that we always look at at a first issue this nails every single one of them oh yeah um the the colors especially are really fantastic like you said but um yeah i i get it's definitely, I had to read it a couple times as well. So I'm with you on that. It was really kind of iffy, but talking about it and hearing mm-hmm. you guys talk about it, knowing I'm not alone and also kind of clarifying some stuff makes it really cool. Yeah. Um, I would definitely read a second issue. You know what this reminded me of? And I know you guys didn't read it was, um, you guys remember Debris? That yeah. book that yeah, Chewie uh-huh. brought? Yeah. I actually read it. I read, uh, it oh, was four yeah. issues. And I read, read all four. Mm-hmm. I think I ended up finding the trade. Yeah, right? I, I gave it to the mm-hmm. Um, this is a lot like it only underwater. So okay. one, one is on land. This one's underwater and it feels really similar. Uh, like the way that the world feels kind of like mm. desolate and, and, and like, like they talk about hope a lot, right? Mm. You need to have hope. That's mm. exactly the same feeling I got when I read debris actually. Um, so I think, you know, judging from how that book turned out, um, 
I would definitely give this one at least two or three more issues, just figure out where they're going with it. But it's interesting because the the main the the man, the the, the dad, the father, yeah. the, the husband is not the main character. Nope. The woman is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mom. His wife, the mom, yeah. Because she's the one with all the hope and she has to yeah. carry forward because you know, dude lost his eye. I don't even know if he's still alive. It doesn't yeah, even yeah. say. So I don't know. I, I would I was really happy with it and I, I don't think I was let down. Um, it was definitely more than I was expecting, mm-hmm. but uh, I was. I'm this might stoked. be it's a it's an image book, right? Yeah. So yeah. the usually the first trade of an image book is ten bucks. So this might be something that I'd spend it's, the ten bucks on. Oh yeah. Just because I like I like I read this issue and I'm like I'm gonna need I'm gonna need more of this for this to make sense. Right. The, so I feel like maybe getting the first collection of issues is gonna be something that's gonna be the perfect thing. For right. Me. It's six issues. So oh, the first perfect. arc is already done. It's six issues. Nice. It's collected. So you. Oh, it is. Is it collect? Is the collections out? As far as as far as I have done the research on, yes, that's what it's money says. to spend. Sweet. This, this artist Greg Trocini does this thing where he kind of looks like. Uh, it reminds me of stuff that Riley Rosmo has done. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. Cause it's another debris. debris yeah. You know, uh, debris, uh, Rasputin. Uh, Bedlam um, and other stuff too, where it's got that loose feel to it, but it also has that weird stylized feel that you, we got with. Uh, I forgot who did the art on uh, white suits. Yeah, you know, a little bit like that. where the colors mm-hmm. kind of bleed outside the lines, but it, yeah. they also are the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do some cool stuff. Uh, I was gonna say something else. I forgot what it was. Uh, never mind. Go ahead. Sweet. Well, um, that is going to wrap us up for Here's My Issue um, for the week or for the two weeks. Um, And moving forward, we now move into First Prince, uh, where we finish up our Avengers Assemble run of reading Avengers books, all first appearances, and we read the first issue of the Avengers. Um, So in fashion, typically, because Chewie likes me to do this, I will read... I'll read two things. I'll read the co- I'll read the cover because I think that's the best origin I think that I can see in here of the Avengers, um, <clears throat> as Stanley, of course, the creator. Thor, Ant Man, Hulk, Iron Man, the Avengers, their Earth's mightiest superheroes. Can the combined powers of the Avengers defeat the sinister spells of Loki, God of Evil? first star-studded series of book-length super epics featuring some of Earth's greatest heroes, Excelsior! <laughs> so, <laughs> The Avengers, what did Ta-da! we think? Oh, boy. That was awesome. Why is Logan oh the boy, God of this Evil? Book. Oh, Where's boy. Captain America? Uh, he did not come till later. They didn't freeze him out at this point, so instead he's been replaced by the next Marvel superhero, the Ant-Man. Oh. The what man? Ant-Man. What's that? Uh, he's he's uh, Ant-Man. You know, he's like... He like gets Uncle really Grandpa, tiny, but he's an ant. and you know. Um, so, what did you guys think of the Avengers? I want to know what you guys thought. This was a this was a tripe mess, <laughs> like, <laughs> wasn't it? Hey, Loki was the bad guy, just like the first yeah. Avengers movie. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, this comic is all over the place. Oh, Jesus. After I, I read this, I was like, okay, I see why there was forty minutes of nothing in the <laughs> of the Avengers, the first one. Um, what is happening in this book? Couple things I do like though. A, I like that they draw they pull the Fantastic Four into it. Yeah, because that was the only yeah. other big superhero team at the time. Right, exactly. At least in the Marvel side of things. B, I'm just going to say two words to you, Clown Hulk. Uh, 
Yes. See? <laughs> yes, I love clown hole. You mean cloak? See, they literally trip Loki into like a freaking like I don't care what they call it. It's like a furnace. And I'm it's not like, well, lie. that stopped him. I'm not oh, gonna lie. No, they they put him in a lead lined tank because he makes himself radioactive. Oh, oh wow, that's super effective. He's a freaking Asgardian god. He can stop it. I'm not gonna lie. Part of me really, really, really wants to get this little like Hulk juggling circus animals tattooed on me because because think about it people be like what what's that like oh it's clown hulk from avengers number one that's not from a comic book you made that up no it's there (laughs) it's jack kirby i love how iron man i love how iron man is now gold oh yeah that's that that's iron that's the mark ii armor is best gold is best iron man um oh my god in this book i i mean i don't we could rip it apart all day but Ryan was rereading it, was reading it when I was there, and he was just reading literally the dialogue, which is explaining what the, oh. they're doing and why. Oh, oh my God, Sad Clown Hulk is the Sad best. Sad Clown Hulk. He's like, leave me alone. Oh, I just I, want to juggle. <laughs> Hulk like Juggle an clown. elephant, a horse, and a dog. Hulk yeah. like tiny car. <laughs> Hulk fit. Doesn't Hulk know that if you're juggling, you need three things of relatively equal weight and size? He's the Hulk. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Hulk. That's all the same size to him. I love how Loki's like, I may be on this island that's not on the earth, that's also silent, that also dampens my powers, but I can still use all of them. Yeah. But I'm going <laughs> to send my eyes around. Oh, look I'm not lying. Things. That looks pretty cool, though. <laughs> like Jack Kirby drawing disembodied eyes overlooking a rainbow bridge that connects Asgard to Earth. That's a pretty awesome little panel. Did there. you guys ever watch the Earth Mightiest Heroes but, cartoon? Uh, yes. Well, so when did the Hulk become so literate? Right? He's like, just the like, other comic we no, just read, he, he was wasn't. like, Hulk mad. Now no, he's he like, now he's like, all right, the masquerade's over. <laughs> masquerade. Hulk masquerade. used the word masquerade, you guys. Well, I'm sure that. Can you imagine Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, Hulk oh, saying "masquerade"? Hey, you want to yes. talk about? You guys want to talk about uh, misogyny for a oh, second? Yeah. Oh, Can we talk God, about I'm everything Ant Man says ever? Oh man, Ant Man is the worst. Ant Man is the worst. Total jerk. God, everything he says. Oh my God, I want to find some examples of this. You guys oh, stall uh, for me. Uh, okay. okay, I will stall because by reading Thor dialogue. Okay. okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Note how I rub my enchanted hammer along the ground, soaking up the strong flow of magnetic currents that give life to the trolls below. Oh, my God. Oh, I found some great Ant-Man dialogue. I only need to twirl it at the speed of a giant propeller to blow all of your figures back to the edge of the cliff. <laughs> He's just thinking out loud. Everything okay. everybody says is telling what's happening at that moment. Okay, check this out. All uh, right, let's hear it. Ant-Man and, and Wasp dialogue. <laughs> Wait for me, Ant-Man. I thought you weren't coming, Jan. I can't see why you have to stop and powder your nose every time we have a mission. <laughs> yeah. or, or, Henry Pym, or... you're beginning to sound like a stuffy old, stuffy old bachelor again, and I intend to remain that way. Now see if you can't be you quiet <laughs> long enough for me to activate the double catapult. This is not what I expect to see in the end. Oh can you imagine if in the Ant-Man Henry. movie they're just like they make... Michael Douglas's character this much of a jerk like Henry just really did for you it. see that gorgeous Thor how can I ever make him notice me stop acting like a lovesick female and <laughs> slip behind this lens with me I'll adjust it so it can project our images on the wall 
my god, my god. So, so good. Everything is so great. Oh, I love when they talked about talk about Iron Man's transistor powers. Yeah, everything is transistors. As in, like as Mag- like, again too. Again, uh, we'll go ahead and give the ants their orders. Iron Man will follow behind us. He's hideous. I wish he had gone. He had gone instead of the dreamy Thor. Don't you ever think of anything except quiet. <laughs> like, like seriously. They, does she, is she like just? She's also. I mean, all right, I'm not going to be this guy, but they also wrote her in like the most stereotypical, like, boys are dream. I have yeah. a crush on every bitch. Yep, she is exactly that. <laughs> Don't let me down, Henry. I wouldn't want him for a permanent playmate. Oh, Ooh, getting sexy. Yeah. <laughs> oh I don't know, guys. Iron Man. I'll propel myself for most of the trip by my solar battery. It's slower than my transistors, but it lasts longer, and I've got a long way to go. <laughs> I hate this book so Guys, much. Guys, this book is is super cheeseball. Can we talk about there the people that, right like, now who like? There are people like, right now who are listening to this are being they, they start start sacrilege, yeah. and they're like, "How dare you insult the Avengers?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, you have it's funny have because it's so book? different." Now. <laughs> here's my here's my question. Yeah. My question is not actually a question. I guess that it could be a rhetorical question. The rhetorical question is, "What are they avenging?" And the answer is on the last page. On the last page, the cop out, like, oh, they say, okay. Hey, well, we need a. That's right. We need a name. It should be something colorful or dramatic, like the Avengers. And that's it. They're like, all right, cool, sweet name, bro. Let's yeah. call us the Avengers. Sounds good. Done. The, the Oneaters. Right. The Oneaters. <laughs> you know what's even it's pronounced more, wonders. <laughs> what's even more? Um, They're not avenging anything. That what's more glaring to me? Avenging how bad this book is. The name is actually the amount of thought that went into deciding to become a superhero team. Because, yeah. okay, yeah. They, they lock Loki up in this lead thing or whatever, and then they're like, ah, there, it's safe. Now he's safe, and we're all going to be safe or whatever. And then and then it's this, wait, before we separate, the Wasp and I have something to say. Each of us has a different power. If we combine forces, we could be almost unstoppable. Work as a team? Why not? I'm in for it. There, <laughs> There's much good that we can do. I'm sick of being hu- so. The Hulk doesn't. The Hulk is basically the thing at this point. In exactly. This book. He says yeah. being hunted and hounded, I, but the, he also says masquerade. Um, so there's literally two panels of discussion in which everyone's like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, sounds good." My All favorite right. line is the is the last Iron Man line. Yeah. We'll fight together or separately if need be. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I'm not committed. (laughs) Uh. No, I like how it's like, you know, I could I could still do my own thing, right? This is an open relationship, yes. I can still see other superheroes. This is my side project. I saw the I heard the wasp say I was traveling Wilburys. I I, Yeah, I heard the wasp was uh, liking Thor. You know, if I take this mask off, uh, I like, t- if I take off my giant walking iron lung, I'm pretty hot. I'm here. pretty handsome. I like how this is basically a Thor book with other guys. Yeah, yeah. like Thor's in three quarters of this book. Everybody else is just Thor's like the probably other pretty quarter. Popular. Well, and they got juggling Hulk. <laughs> juggling Hulk. Let us never forget Clown Hulk. Juggalo Clown Hulk is the best. This is if Hulk was a juggalo. Hulk-a-lo? Yeah. Hulk-a-lo? Hulk-a-lo? There's the name oh, of the episode. Hulk Boom. Juggle good. Um, so the Hulk juggle well, good. Well, I'll I'll lead us out of that. I think we've ripped on it enough. Okay. Um, well, wait. We have to talk about the fact thing. that hey, like it looks is, pretty cool. Jack Kirby art. It's thumbs the up. art is great. The art's Jack Kirby. It's fantastic. Clown okay, Hulk. Okay. Only only one man could draw Clown Hulk and get away with it, and that's Jack Kirby. We have to talk about the historical relevance of the fact that the book was what year. 
I'm not sure, actually. It should say on here, right? 1962. Um, so. But but at any rate, I mean, it's like the second superhero team that's major. I mean, 1963. maybe the X-Men. 1963. The year the Beatles came to America. That's true. So, I mean, there was a lot different. I mean, comic books at 1963 were not even... Think about all the growing that comic did, comic books did like between this point and now, or even just in yeah. 63 to 73. Well, I think this is cool because the other, the other books that we've seen, I mean, the Justice League did this first, technically. DC beat him to that. But like, this is the first time we see a bunch of individual Marvel characters not presented as a team initially come together and become a superhero team. Cause we had the fantastic four. We had the X-Men coming, I think in the next year. Um, but this is the first time we see individual heroes getting together and forming a team. Right. And I mean, it's sort of the same thing as what we were talking about on our spoiler cast that you should oh. listen to. Um, like it was, you know, each of these yeah, was their absolutely. own separate superhero that kids might've been reading. And, you know, then they all got, to, they got to see their favorite superheroes kind of team up for just a like second. when we saw the movie, it's a similar sort of thing. Exactly. It was just spoil it. The number four me.com at spoil it. Number four me. <laughs> now we're talking about the first Avengers, like how that, that, that same sort of feeling. I, I exactly. Was it's like, oh, all, the, all those comics I read are together. Or maybe it's like, oh, I've been wanting to read Thor. This is neat. He's in here with, with Hulk, who I like. You right. Know? Or it's like, I don't like Iron Man that much on his own, but I really like him in the Avengers. Yeah. So that's, I think that's really cool. Want to go out and play stickball? <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I'll girls. Use, I'll use this Avengers number one as a bat because this is going to be worthless trash. <laughs> I'll never do it. We anything. can wad it up into a ball. I'll just stick it in my back pocket of my, of my overalls <laughs> with an ice cream Oh, no, sandwich. I spilled a can of oil on it. Oh, well. Because everything runs on oil. Yeah, it does in the 1960s. In well, like no, there's also transistors, yeah, and transistors solar and batteries. My mom. Oh. <laughs> solar batteries. Oh, man. And if you think about it, this came out in September of 63. In less than a month, my mom will be using this to dry her tears when she sees the president get shot. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's clairvoyant <laughs> also. Oh, wow. <laughs> That went to a dark place. I've said it before. I'm a sick little puppy. I feel like any time that somebody can reference uh, JFK dying, it's going to be Ian. Also, this is 63, like not 28. Like, what are you talking like? Oswald was a patsy. Um, All right. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love the way Kirby draws Thor. I do too. And just the way he does the dynamic poses and stuff. I I mean, even in the the little things where not everything is super detailed. Oh man, he this right here, like the little like far away shots uh, of uh, of people where you get just enough detail to see their faces or whatever, but not like really detailed. Like I want to just be able to draw simply like that. Yeah, like I don't know. I love how Kirby uh, draws muscles that don't exist on the human body. Yeah, like he just does. random lumps and like things that are supposed to be muscles. Yeah, I'm but like, it's not in that Liefeldian way where it's just like let's put as many as we can. It's almost like that's a weird thing. Yeah, What's it's that like in there? maybe he should get that checked out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, is there anything else you guys boys like Thor to say? Thor actually beard. Oh, how about uh, the? He doesn't. What? I think I'm just realizing this right Thor now. Thor doesn't have a beard. No, he doesn't. No, have Thor's not. lack of beard. He's clean shaven. Beards are for hippies. Bob. Thor's not a hippie. He's a man. Thor is a. He's a Viking. He did come to yeah, Earth the on a rainbow. Man, he did come to Earth on a rainbow from outer space, though. Yeah, a manly rainbow. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate blonde-haired, blue-eyed American rainbow. Much like Kirby Crackle, Kirby likes to put in Kirby lumps. He does Kirby lumps. <laughs> Kirby lumps. Kirby tumors. Yeah, Kirby tumors. I love this. I love this guy right here in the bottom left panel. The radio <laughs> kids. Like, oh my god! <laughs> 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 
radio. Those are, those are Hulk's radio balls. I love remember radio. That? We remember that. I love I radio like, and I feel, like this, I feel like this is a group of Boy Scouts that like had nothing better to do on a Saturday. <laughs> Let's build a transistor radio. They haven't discovered girls. No, I don't think these guys did. Or rock and roll music. Let's go down to the mock shop. Because it hasn't gotten to a And we'll play stickball. Well, 63, Ian. 63. The best sport ever. Stickball. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Well, Ian's gone. We lost him, well, guys. Well, guys, I'm going to let Stan take us out on the Avengers um, by reading the very last panel. <clears throat> yes. And thus is born one of the greatest superhero teams of all time. Powerful, unpredictable, brought together by a strange quirk of fate. The Avengers are on the march, and a new dimension is added to the Marvel Galaxy of Stars. Wait, does it really say the Marvel Galaxy? Yeah. It does. Marvel right Galaxy of Stars. Like, like, like that thing you do, like the Playtone Galaxy of Stars. <laughs> it was a popular oh, 60s phrase. Well, guys, if you ever want to read this, you could find it pretty easily. Um, if you have Mar- I'm sure if you have that Marvel Limited service, it's probably there. Oh, man, he's got one more. It's on uh, it's definitely on Comixology. Well, no, his eyes are crooked. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely on Comixology right. digitally. Yeah, you can uh, check it out. If you want to find a number one of this, good luck. luck. Have fun. I saw Sell an your iPhone, children. I saw an iPhone case that had it. That, that's kind of weird. Um, so moving out of that and moving on to... I definitely uh, don't want this on any part of my property. <laughs> like I'd just be like, oh, yeah, remember that kind of racist, nonsensical thing that we read that was made 40 years ago? Clown Hulk. Clown, Clown Hulk. Hulk. Clown Hulk redeems all. Oh, all sexism is redeemed by Clown Hulk, the savior. <laughs> Clown Hulk, the Clown Hulk. Oh, my God. Clown Hulk's the best. Um, is it like, like a... Like a are we gonna start a clown hulk cult? Oh yeah, heck we are. Like sex coven. Heck yeah, oh, clown hulk, <laughs> dude. Clown so hulk. I want that picture of like come clown, with clown, clown hulk, hulk in one face. Only Just three come with clown hulk like, on a shirt, kind of like you know you have like uh like Andre the Giant, you know for like obey. Oh yeah, but you want clown hulk? Just clown hulk. I think oh, I'm gonna, that would I'm be gonna a make really that cool happen idea. now. Um, it just says clown Submit underneath that it. that to Threadless or Tifu. <laughs> yeah. um, so moving on to the four color character companions. Speaking of, of awful sexism no, just towards the savior. wasp. Savior. Savior. Speaking towards awful sexism towards the wasp. Uh, we're talking about a character in the four color character <laughs> compendium that we were just speaking about. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of his iterations that are important um, for you guys to know because there's a movie about this character coming out like the next movie? few months. And we'll see if it's any good, but we're not sure yet. But we'll have we'll take it over to Ryan. Ryan, open the great tome of character compendium and tell us what uh, character real quick. What character we are? Uh, no, it's a great tome. It's a great it tome. Anymore. It's got a big old key and a lock. Great tome that I am a user slash editor of. Yes, um, best possible information. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> look at that little kid. Stop showing us pictures <laughs> from this book. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. Look at him. We're talking about Ant Man. Look at him. Hold on. Look at him while I make this set. Oh, that kid's head. Look at him while I make this set. Everybody, look at him. Everybody look at him on the last thing. Sorry. One Ready? Last. Everybody look. We'll put a screenshot uh, up of this kid. Gonna, we're going to put that on the Instagram. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. All right. So who are we talking about in the uh, character compendium tonight, sir? Famous superhero character, Ant-Man. Famous superhero and sexist Ant-Man. <laughs> so, so Ant-Man is... Um, 
I feel like there's not a whole lot of Marvel characters that have been more than one person. That's true. Like, there's been lot. some, like, Spider-Man shenanigans. Yeah. But Spider-Man's pretty much been Peter Parker. Hulk's pretty always much. been Bruce Banner. Iron Man's always been Tony Stark. But Ant-Man's been three different dudes. Yep, that's true. Uh, and so the three different dudes, uh, the first one, Hank Pym, was introduced in Tales to Astonish number 27 in January 1962, so a full year and a half before Avengers number one, mm-hmm. uh, written by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and uh, our good friend Jack Kirby on the art. Um, so, But there's been three Hank, there, three Hanks, three Ant-Mans, Hank Pym, Scott Lang, and Eric O'Grady. Hank Pym is the classic Ant-Man. He's also generally one considered one of the smartest Marvel Universe people up there with Reed Richards and Tony Stark and uh, Doctor Doom. In fact, in the comic books, fun fact Doom! about Hank Pym. Fun fact about Hank Pym for all of those of you guys who've seen Avengers: Age of Ultron, that technically, based on Marvel continuity, is not accurate. The creator of Ultron is actually Hank Pym, yep. not Tony Stark. That's true. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so I want to know more about. Them. So I know there's three of them. Yeah, I know who they're. So okay, we have Wasp. That's ally. That's his wife. His girlfriend. Lady wife. It's his girlfriend. girlfriend who eventually becomes his wife. Okay, yeah. who he treats like garbage in the comic, <laughs> in the, in the comic he, books. Honestly, in he kind he kind of does it in the in, like, he like all does. over. Hank Pym is a it's kind of a jerk. He's a jerk. No, like straight up. He, the only thing, he, he is Reed Richards light. So imagine if Reed Richards sucked, like, at science. Yeah. That's Hank Pym. The okay. way that I used to describe Hank Pym to people when they asked who Hank Pym was, I'm like, anything that ever has gone wrong technologically in the Marvel Universe is Hank Pym's fault. That's true. That's, That's why like, Ultron ended up wanting to kill all humans exactly anytime anything big fails the doomsday machine the portal the you know the thing that was supposed to save humanity anytime that breaks is because hank pym made it anytime anything works is because reed richards made it hey can we step back for a second and talk about yeah the powers of ant-man yeah yeah so ant-man is powered by pym particles huh? yeah which definitely allow him, not an egotist there. which allow him to shrink down to super microscopic level or to get larger and become, and become giant man. giant man and you have to refer to him <laughs> oh. as that because it's and he really changes suits at the same time and he changes yeah. suits uh he also has once he was crazy and then he went as yellow jacket um Cuckoo. but it's always the same thing he changes suits he also so many can times. shoot like stingers stingers with bio energy and he can also he can also use ants yeah, yeah he can advantage. telepathically control ants what's with the helmet his for? helmet yeah. His but ant it's, helmet. It's only ants. It's not all insects or anything. Right, just like that, ants. Right? Just ants. Any variety of ants? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Flying ants. He's, he was riding ants. on a flying ant. Okay. Ants uh, he, also, he also has proportional <laughs> strength um, while he's small. Yes. So even though he's tiny, he still has, you know, enhanced strength of a normal sized person. Actually, the, the, the way they describe it in the movie trailer is, oh. is really great, where it's oh. like you have the potential energy. You're like a bullet, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, yeah. you, the suit already makes you run faster, jump higher, hit harder. And uh-huh. then when you get smaller, it doesn't change. Yeah. So you are like, the only way somebody... Well, like imagine can, a thing that's like... We well, have the proportional strength of an ant. Ant can carry 10 times its own body weight. Boom. Right. There it is. Yeah. So you could lift things. You could punch people Or like a really strong harder. ant can, can carry like 11. So he gets kids, some ants, go, ants some Even ants, ants with chicken pox love Ant-Man. Some ants yeah. go up to 11. Ant-Man. <laughs> All right. So He's yeah, if you he gets really really small and it punches you in the face, and it feels like a super strong guy just punched you in the face. It's true. He's also gone as Goliath. 
Yep. Goliath. When he got no. paid. Yeah, yeah, he did. You know yeah. what, though? But then That's he packed. The do you guys know Goliath something? has a second yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Goliath. you know that Goliath is a type of ant? Oh, no, I, I didn't that. know that. Interesting. There Interesting. you go. Hey. They're large, very large ants. Well, so, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, you'd sort of imagine. So Hank Pym, at some point, had to pass this mantle on, right? To yeah. To somebody else. Who's Scott Lang? Tell us about Scott. Uh, he is He's the, the main f- character in the Ant-Man movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's Paul Rudd. Yep. But, uh, do, do you want to talk about Scott Lang? Uh, Scott Lang is uh, sort of a criminal. He is a guy who, um, in the comics, he is a guy who has a daughter who is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of uses his thievery to steal um, several things, including Ant-Man's technology, mm-hmm. uh, in order to sell uh, and or gain money from, um, in order to pay for his daughter's um, hospital bills and mm-hmm. uh, surgeries. So mm-hmm. he's he does a bad thing, but he does it for noble reasons. He is kind of a criminal with a heart of gold type, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so, you know, Hank Pym kind of catches on and says, you know, like, uh, you know, he catches him. You can't keep doing this, so why? I just love science. That's all I've ever loved. Why don't you take over the Ant-Man nomenclature and you can be Ant-Man? And it seems like that's where the movie's kind of going, because Hank Basically, Pym is yes. in the movie. My so the, the main story arc that the movie is taking over is called How to Steal, or To Steal an Ant-Man. Yeah, I think that's the name. Okay. Of mm-hmm. um, that's where they got most of, the, most of their stuff from. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're going to throw some other stuff in there, but that's the, that's the main storyline. Also, Scott Lang has died and then come back. Same with his daughter. Oh, really? His it's daughter Marvel. did get better uh, and became the new giant-sized superhero known as Stature. Okay. That was after he died. Mm. But then she died to sacrifice herself to kill Doctor Doom. But then she came back to life later. It's Marvel. It's a comic book. Yeah, they're People tend to not stay back. dead. So who is the third ape man, Ryan? Third Ant Man is a uh, actually you know we read uh, the book from the Third Ant Man. Irredeemable Ant Man. Irredeemable Ant Man. He's a uh, sort of a a shield agent who sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of a jerk. (laughs) Who the the world's worst superhero? He took the opportunity that he was guarding the Ant Man suit to uh, to actually put it on and run away with it. Yep, there you go. Because he's a a hit on ladies. So, do you guys have any recommended reading for Ant Man or movies? Who's the bad guy? Oh, good question. We we talked about Ant Man's sort of his own bad guy. Yeah, Ultron is probably his most well known one. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, and then I, I believe Yellow Jacket actually when he but Hank Pym becomes Yellow Jacket isn't yeah. he kind of isn't he kind of a bad guy as well? Yeah, well, yeah, he like they did so this whole. Kind of his own worst enemy. I think there was a while like, where like, Yellow Jacket song. they didn't know who Yellow Jacket was. Yeah, and it ended up that it was Ant Man, but he was sort of like fighting himself it along with the, rest of the Hank Pym is always the guy who has the problems, like internal mm-hmm. problems. So he's like, you know, Tony Stark's alcohol problem like cranked up to 11 hank, hank pym has brain problems from shrinking and growing so much <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. he's not he's but not the no, best he does decision have, maker he does have a couple classic villains the the evil scientist egghead oh mutant egg. whirlwind and then obviously uh voltron mm-hmm. i think ultron <laughs> ultron voltron. you mean ultron <laughs> yeah defender of the universe no this is a different guy <laughs> ultron is one of those things that is like always following hank pym around because hank pym is also his own worst enemy when it comes to himself as in he beats himself up constantly mm-hmm. like he will always try to make things better but at the same time he will be like 
I am terrible. I invented Ultron. It's up to me to like stop it. But at the same time, he's crying over the fact that he invented Ultron, and yeah. it just kind of uh, circles around. Come on, yeah, wallowing there, in his own self-loathing. There was one. So he eventually joins a team. Uh, I forget who wrote it, but there's a run from 2008, 2009, uh, the Mighty Avengers, mm-hmm. back uh-huh. when they had. Remember, remember during Civil War, they split off. They did the Secret Avengers, mm-hmm. the New Avengers, and the Mighty Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on that, and there was. Uh, like a small arc where the Mighty Avengers did some stuff, and um, at the end they found out it was like Loki, and then he goes, "Loki, every time there's a problem, it's always you. You're the one that like, you know, tasks us and makes us work harder and better and blah blah blah. Do you want to be on the Mighty Avengers?" <laughs> he invites Loki to be on the Avengers, and everybody around him is just like, "Hank, you are the biggest idiot that I, anybody has ever known. What are you doing right now?" And Loki's like. Yeah, I agree with them. What is your problem? I'm Loki. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to join the Avengers. I'm Loki, apparently former god of evil. Now just, now just trickster. Remember that time you made me go in that tank because I was radioactive? <laughs> that showed me good. Anyway. You taught me a valuable I, lesson. Even though it's not necessarily comic book canon, I really like um, his uh, character, and there's an animated series on for a while called... Um, uh, Avengers Earth My- Earth's Mightiest Heroes. The best cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it really gives a good kind of overall arc of Hank Pym as well as Scott Lang. There's mm-hmm. an episode in there where Scott Lang becomes Ant-Man and he becomes Yellow Jacket and it's kind of a, uh, a D-bag. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's still mean to Wasp. Same thing. Still yeah, mean to Wasp. poor Janet. All she uh, wants to do is buy clothes it, and look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's hard. I know. Um, so that is Ant-Man. Do you guys have, is there any other questions or concerns or, or things you want to know about Ant-Man? There's, There's a movie, movie that's coming out. That is true. Like what, I said, based on if you want recommended reading the August. arc uh, to steal an no, Ant-Man. No, July. July. July 17th. July's like August. So to steal it's an close. Ant-Man. To steal an Ant-Man is a good one. Um, I recommend reading Irredeemable Ant-Man because yeah, that Irredeemable. was fun. That's yeah, fun. I mean, it's written by, uh, that Irredeemable is written by Kirk. Mr. Walking Dead himself. And, it, and if you want a more current series, there is a current running Ant-Man series right now that is, I think, maybe three or four issues in, so you could probably still catch up on He's that. He's also been really heavily involved with like most of the recent you know, huge crossovers. Yeah. So, um, like Avengers disassembled and Axis and stuff like that. That was mostly Scott Lang Ant Man, but there was a lot of him. Avengers in disassembled. You should read just because it was one of the turning points for modern Marvel. Yeah. So I mean, because Avengers disassembled was the original end of the uh, the end of the original Avengers. Like that was it. That was a uh, huge gotcha. deal. From there, it's about ten years ago now. Yeah, it was it was a big deal, and then from there, then you get stuff like uh, Civil War, um, which is that turning point that we talked about earlier, and then the New Avengers was the first Avengers book after Disassembled, so that was a big deal, and so yeah, Ant Man played a big part in that. Cool. Um, so uh, that is going to do us for for uh, the four color character compendium, and now we move into Back Matter. So what do we have on the agenda for Back Matter tonight? So. Um, I have something. I'll start it off, actually. Right, I don't know right. why I asked you. I'll start it yeah. off. Um, we do have a U52 submission uh, this Yay. time. Charlie Drew sent a drawing, I believe, last time. We asked him to draw something. He wrote us a letter uh, entitled Daredevil versus the World. It says, hi, guys. Here's a little present for everyone who wants it. I made the last one a vector file and made a PDF. So you can print it any size you want. Feel free to give it away. If someone has a vector editing program, they can change the color really, really easy. So go to town. Still working on Flex Luther and the Thor. I got really busy and haven't finished, but I will. No worries. So this is Daredevil versus the world. 
I love that so I much. Should. It looks so it's good. Yep. Right on. That's it's exactly like, what I wanted. <laughs> it's right on. You so should perfect. submit that to uh, one of those daily t-shirt yeah. sites. I agree. Like yeah. T-Fury or right. the Yeti I, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Do it. Submit it to all it. of them. Yeah, they would love it. I would wear that on a t-shirt. So we're going to give it to you. We're not going to do that for you. We're, yeah. We want you to make some money. But uh, you gotta give us a little, little sweetness, a little sugar on the side. Charlie, you can be our sugar daddy. Give yeah. us a little sugar give under us, the table. Give us a uh, sweet, yeah. sweet do, sugar. Do your thing if you want to do Prince of them or whatever. You know, we'll, we'll talk via email or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe when we decide to get a, a store up for merch or something like that, we could have a Charlie exclusive T-shirt or something like that. You know, we'll so, we'll figure it out. So I have some movie news for Marvel. Movies, I like movies. Popcorn. So. I don't know if it's been officially announced yet, but it seems that they have picked we have they have picked their Spider Man. Oh, uh, it's a young man, Peter Parker. Yes, it's a young man by the name of if you've seen the uh, the Ender's Game movie, you might know him. Nope. He oh, is it Ender. is it Harrison Ford? Uh, yep. Asa Butterfield is the name of the character. Asa, Asa, Asa. I don't know how to say it. Is it Asa, Asa Butterfield uh, is the new Spider Man. Not Harrison Ford. Um. That he sounds like he would be a World War II guy, Asa Butterfield. Yeah, yeah. He's a. We'll share what this kid looks like. He's 18 years old, so he's just right on the cusp of being teenage Peter Parker, and this is what he looks like. I could see it. He looks like Peter Parker. I think it'll especially work considering he's in. Civil War or whatever with with the the more grown they up, have announced that, yeah, more mature announce. looking uh, guys in the Avengers, mm-hmm. and so it'll 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 he'll look work like because kid. he'll look like a kid, mm-hmm. and that's sort of how Spider Man is to them to in a lot of ways. The other rumor that I'm reading is that they're actually looking, they actually have an idea to cast Norman Osborn. Anybody want to take a guess what actor they're eyeing? Already you already know. know this, Alan. You don't get to guess. Um, He's a very popular actor. Won a uh, especially recently, um, but he won an Academy. Award uh, two years ago. Uh, wait, two years ago? Yep. I don't know. Care to take a guess? I don't know. Lots of people win Academy Awards. He likes to drive Lincolns. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Play the bongos naked. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's Matthew McConaughey. They're eyeing Matthew McConaughey for I Norman Osborn. He could be evil. Oh, he could. Oh, uh, he could play he could Norman Osborn. And he would like banal Northern Osborn evil. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he would do it all, all sly. Right. He'd have that thing. He's like, I'm Norman Osborn. <laughs> everything I say could be a lie. I don't know. I kind of would like. Also be the I don't like. I kind of would like Owen Wilson as, Nor- as Norman Osborn. Oh, Wilson. You'd be like, wow, Iron <laughs> Man. There's a lot of conversations going on. Wow, you're you're really flying through the wow. air. Wow, is that? A, can I try that hammer? Wow, 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 wow. I love this. Wow. wow, I love this glider. So, it's so see, great. So if you if, just, if you look up on the internet, there's a supercut of just Owen Wilson saying "Wow" for ten oh, minutes. Oh wow, yes. these bombs! Yes. Look, these bombs look like pumpkins. I love pumpkins. <laughs> uh, one time I had a special pumpkin. It was white, and I didn't know. If oh I should wow, eat. Oh, you guys! Oh huh? wow, you're Spider Man. That's okay. great. I know. I know we're in Marvel mode right now, but switch yeah. over DC for. Yeah. Second, Hawk and Dove as Luke and Owen Wilson. Oh, <laughs> God. That would be oh, so great. So that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> but yeah, Dude. that's that's uh, some Spider-Man, some Marvel DC Universe Collins. news. Some Marvel <laughs> Universe news. Oh hey. Oh speaking, of, one more Marvel Universe news. You know about that? I think are we going to talk about the same thing? I don't know. Do you guys read each other's mind? They showed some photos of of Captain America three pictures. Oh, that I saw taken. that. Yeah. They've uh, they snapped some pics of crossbones. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That looks crossbones. pretty. Looks oh. pretty 
pretty accurate. Because yep. I had no idea about this. But the dude that Captain America fights at the end of the Captain America 2 movie, yeah. the guy who's like a douchebag. Actually, I think yeah. that's Doesn't Falcon fight him? Everybody fights him. And he then he, they fight, he, he fights in the... Uh, yeah, well, yeah Fal- Falcon does fight oh, him. Yeah, he's, he's that yeah, secret he's the, he's Hydra the, like, He's the like jerk shield agent. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Who, got, who fights yeah. Falcon? He like nice. ho- he holds comes back up. as a villain. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of folks coming in for that Cap Three movie. There's like Thunderbolt Ross is back. Yeah. William Hurt from from the Incredible Hulk. Like we yeah. haven't even. I thought they forgot about that movie. Yeah, but that was such a good movie. It was good. And they also I have a who else? It. I think a Martin Freeman, who is known probably now as playing the young Bilbo Baggins, is in there as an unnamed yeah. role. They haven't really said what oh, he's yeah. doing. What do we think he's gonna be? I heard a rumor. I don't remember what it was. Is it Baron Zemo? He's not. No, Baron Zemo. it was something like. It was it was something smaller than that, but I don't remember what. He's like I don't know somebody's dad or something. Or no, maybe it was like his. I know that isn't um isn't the blonde girl from uh, Cap Two? Isn't that supposed to be uh, Agent Carter's daughter? It's it's Sharon Carter. granddaughter Sharon Carter. Sharon yeah. Carter. Mm-hmm. So anyway, though it's um, pronounced Aaron Carter. Uh, <laughs> Aaron. Carter. Yeah, does he play true. basketball with um, Shaq? Yeah, it's how he beat. He Shaq. tells us how he beat Shaq. Right. It's a it's a step by step guide. No, instead, no she, what she does shoot is from she, outside the three point line. She does. She does do some shooting. Yeah. in that story arc. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, take me a second. <laughs> Got it right All there. Right. Raindrop. Um, um, do we have to bring back the Godzilla? <laughs> hey, uh, Charlie U fifty two. Yes. We already challenged him to Bane, Bane in, in the style, style of Peanuts. Peanuts Bane, yeah. um, what else should we do? Let's throw him another one just so he's got a constant. I feel like you have something in your mind. mind. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to think. Because I'm like, Ant-Man? I want to say. He already did Ant-Man. I want to say Clown oh, Hulk. Right. But at the same yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. No but question. We've seen that. Clown Hulk. Clown Hulk. S- how about. Clown Hulk. How about scary clown Hulk? No, sad clown Hulk. Come sad on. clown. Oh, like from or, uh, or a, sad, a sad clown Hulk in an iron lung. Wait, what about <laughs> okay, what about Jungle Jungle Hulk? Hulk? You guys used to do this to me clown all Hulk, the time. Clown Stop Hulk it. with really baggy jean shorts and a chain wallet. Juggalo a, clown Hulk. And a, and Juggalo a white clown Hulk. Insane clown Hulk. That's what yeah, I want to see. Insane clown Hulk. Hulkalo Nation. Yes, insane clown Hulk. And if you want to do a She-Hulk along with it. No, as a juggalo, she Hulk. As a juggalette, I would be okay with that. A she Hulkalette. Yep, I would. That's up to you. Optional. Do that video. You know the one online with the really fat guy and the girl. Look it up. You've seen it. (laughs) Um, Draw that. I don't care that they're cousins. Pretend that I don't know what this is. Charlie, if you want some inspiration for that, there's this show on Netflix called Unplanned America. Not, not definitely not safe for kids. Definitely not safe for kids, but in one episode, it's called Family, and they talk about, they, they kind of like hang out with juggalos for a little while, and you can definitely see the full gamut of, oh. Are they crazy? There's, there's, some, there's some people there, yeah. <laughs> but don't let your kids watch it. Definitely don't let your I kids watch it. watch that. So I know, Alan, you said you had some DC uh, Cinematic Universe news for us, so we're just switching from Marvel over to DC. So uh, yeah, for DC news, it looks like we may have a Flash for the DC Universe. Oh, oh they already have a Flash for the DC uh, His name is Ezra Miller. Yep. Yes. He's in a lot of indie stuff. Okay. Uh, I got to tell you, uh does not look the part. Uh, not does to he me look either, like a sarcastic you know, I mean, jokester? Seen him before. No, he looks he, like a preppy kid who doesn't He talk does not much. look like Barry Allen to me either, to be honest with you. Uh, you probably know him. Did you ever see Perks of Being a Wallflower, Ryan? No. This no, is what I'm this dude Ryan. looks like. Are you ready for this? Yeah, that's <laughs> look at Ryan's face. This is my well, sad Okay, hold face. on. Let's, let's try something. Cut his hair mentally. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, wait. I mean, does that, that work? 
Does it's it not work? terrible, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll see. So Depends how is... funny he is and how fast he can run. Yeah. <laughs> What's his mile time look like? <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. Let's see. Is this a... So somebody already did the work for us. Oh. Um, this is the internet they, that we're talking the about. There's the flash on the left, which is the WB flash, and the flash on the right, which is somebody photoshopped no, his face into around. a flash mask. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. He's on the left. And w, uh, CW flashes on the right. Yeah. So one of them is, yeah, okay. But I with mean, the like, mask, you can't really tell. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I, the I question is, the point. has anybody seen his acting? Yeah. I have not. I, saw, I watched Perks of Being Wallflower. He's How good. was it? Yeah, so acting-wise, you think he, 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 he could pull it up? Yeah, I think he could do it. He was kind of a sarcastic dude in that movie, so he could pull mm, up there. There you go. Now, the article Somebody that I was DC reading... saw that movie, too. The article I was reading brought up a very good point. So far, the DC Universe has got a ton of Batman paint all over it. So, we know from Justice League Unlimited where Flash was kind of the, uh, the the Wally West kind of jokester type, generally. But we know from Flash Rebirth where he's a very serious dude for the most part. So, it's are we going difference. with... Uh, yeah. What are we doing here? Uh, do you think they're going to go Batman paint Flash? No. Or do you think they're going to be comic relief Flash? I think they're going to be comic relief Flash. I don't think so. You I think, think they're so? going to go Batman paint. Um, because I don't see... I, ho- I want to have hope, Alan. Yeah, but much I, like the Blue Lanterns that you love so much, I, I want to have hope. Yeah, but like at the Barry same time, Allen. I don't see them. I don't see them hitting the brakes on the on the bat Batman train. Paint? Yeah, I know. I feel like they're gonna go full grimdark. Let's not talk about that movie anymore. Um, let's talk about something else. Chewie, you had something you wanted to bring up, right? Yeah. So you mentioned the Flash, and I mean, I I don't want to go too deep into it because spoilers, especially because I am myself a little bit behind as well. Me as well. Um, but there is um, something that's been announced. There's a trailer out there. Um, I'm not going to make you guys watch it necessarily. I but, watched it at all. And, and I have some stuff here. I'm going to try to leave uh, any spoilers out. But the new CW show. Yay. Yep. Superhero spinoff uh, show. Um, Flash and Arrow based. Uh, as well as other characters we have seen on those shows and new characters as mm-hmm. well. We discussed before um, the Adam. Hawk Girl was uh, mentioned as well at some point. You know, you have uh, lots of people there, but this show is called DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be, there's a, a trailer for it. Again, I will say this if you're not caught up because I kind of accidentally watched it thinking it was just going to be like, hey, there's this new show. But no, they, they show stuff and like in the trailer. You're not caught like, up on Arrow or The yeah, Flash. Pe- people are it. like, people are like, hey, remember when this happened? It's like, oh, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> so I stopped <laughs> watching at that point. Um, 2016 uh, mid-season. Wait, hold on. No, that's not. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. I, I I don't have any details on dates or anything like I don't that. Mean isn't it, there's like, so isn't the Adam... Uh, Brandon Routh from from yes, Superman Returns, yeah, mm-hmm. Superman, and from Scott Pilgrim. Yep. And then isn't there some sort of time traveling something? Uh, there time was, travel? but they kind of fixed that. It was no, only, no, no. I mean, in in, in the, I'm not sure. I haven't watched the trailer yet. I'm not pretty sure. sure that they've got Rip Hunter, I, I don't, who is the time traveling no, guy. I'm not sure. He's, he's the time traveling guy. Okay. There's time travel okay. in this legend show. That's okay. what I know. Interesting. Time travel. Okay. Could be like superhero Doctor Who. We'll see. Could not be also. Never know. Don't know. I, I know there's a new Titans show coming out on TNT, I think, and I saw there's a like poster Teen for Titans? it. Yep. They call it, just call it Titans, though, and it looks like a beat-up Nightwing is on the poster. He's all like, kind of like, ugh, like, man. So it's not That's what Teen what, Titans? Ne- what nope. network? No. Uh, TNT, I believe, is, is doing it. DC show on CW 
TNT well, and CBS. Didn't they announce uh, Super Supergirl? Supergirl? That's CBS and yeah. Fox too with well, Gotham. Uh, hey, can, can we talk? Get their stuff let together. me talk for a second about now, now. Let me ask you a question, Ryan, because I know we're going with this. I think. Yeah. How many of those shows do you think are connected? They're not connected. Well, I know Flash and Arrow and this new and show and the new show are connected, but the Flash that Alan was talking about is not connected because no. that's movies, right? And so. But within there was Constantine. It yep. was like, you know, Supergirl so would work in, inside of the Flash yeah, Arrow Constantine was, uh, uh, universe, the CW universe. But it's universe not part of that, is it? is it? Is it not? No. No? Not? No. Okay. All those CW shows are connected, but everything else is separate. See, Marvel seems to have their game on lock. See, they do. I agree. Every, everything, if you watch any Marvel media that's live action, it points you to the other Marvel live action media. But yeah. now there's but two also, flashes. But also stands alone, so you don't have to necessarily right. supplement. You know, if you're saying, I'm only watching the movies, I'm only watching the TV shows. But like you're saying, but yeah. true DC, believers get the get the whole story, get the, the bonus oh, picture. Yeah. Right, but at the yeah. same time, it's more standalone for DC so that you don't have to care because to a lot of people like you know if you want to go see a movie you don't have to have seen 12 other things i'm just gonna throw this out there since every studio is trying to have a shared but, but universe they're trying idea. to have a, a, a cinematic universe so you're gonna have to have seen man of steel to go see batman versus superman dawn of justice i think they're planning on that to. not to have to be true <laughs> i pr- i'm i'm cautiously feeling that there's going to be a lot of things that happen in Dawn of Justice because of what happened in Man of Steel. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, I but just feel like... Man of, isn't it Man of Steel 2? No. It, it's it, called it Batman started, versus... It started as Man of Steel 2, yes. But now it's called Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice Part 1, in which Batman gets his oats. Are they really calling it Part 1? No, no, it really part it's, one? it's Electric Batman <laughs> versus Superman Part 1, Dawn of Justice, and then Wait, let's Part be clear. 2 and something it's else. It's Batman Just, v Superman. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not oh, versus, apologies. it's Batman v, v Superman. Superman, Dawn of Justice... Or how I learned to stop worrying and watch Marvel movies. And love the Batman. (laughs) But I just like, it bums me out that, I mean, because they could keep those shows completely separate. Yeah. And then have like little like, like, you know, hey, you get it. You don't have to. You know what's great? Or like like have like a a background character or like like a side character. Have like Amanda Waller show up in a couple of different places, you know, or have uh, that. That guy, I can't think of his name. The guy who was a police detective on the Superman animated series, who was basically Jack Kirby. You guys remember who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. You Have him pop up in a couple of these different places. The, the just, just to to like tie little bits yeah. of continuity together, and then have those sort of hint at or be ancillary to what? the movies, not have them all be completely separate. That's why insane. They, my question is like, why are they spreading out all these shows on all these different networks? See, I, CW yeah. is like Disney doesn't thing. own them and give them money to do whatever they want. Oh, no, yeah. but 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 DC is, is like a Warner Brother affiliate, and CW is pretty much owned by Warner Brothers. So yeah, because Warner Brothers is not for. Disney. Disney believes in their properties. Warner Brothers only believes in things that make money. That's yeah. a fair point. I, I mean, the thing is, yeah, if you want to have a separate, you know, cinematic universe from a telematic universe or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, it like fine, whatever. I I think that you know they kind of should exist in the same spot. And I think, yeah, it's it, to kind of what Alan mentioned earlier. Now we have two flashes, 
So that can be confusing for people. Yeah. Just, well, just like it was confusing for people to see the Marvel thing at the beginning of an X-Men movie and then see a Marvel thing at the beginning of a Spider-Man movie and be like, wait, how come they don't go to the same one? They're both that's true. That's you know, true. so you're going to yeah. have that with well, the DC. Batman on the Avengers? People, people now are <laughs> That's a real be- question. Because, because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the MCU, people are able to understand comics and that yeah. they're interconnected. It's people true. are starting to ask, okay, so like, and I've had, I've had people ask me this, the same thing you just said. So where's Batman on this? Well, Batman's on DC. It's not part of Marvel. Oh, so they're separate. Okay. And like actually, separate, but equal. and actually retain that knowledge. So when I go to Disneyland, why don't I see like, you know, why don't I see like Batman figures? Well, because he's not part of that. Oh, okay. Like before I was just like, okay, whatever. But now people actually care and they want to know more about this. So the fact that you have people who are interested in this and like that idea and you're choosing to just be like, oh, well, there's this, but there's also this, there's also this. Like Marvel is one thing. Yeah. It's I, all encompassing. I, I don't agree with splitting universes within the company either. that DC is doing saying TV and 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 film but they both are such strong shows but i would say that if you're gonna do that fine then just keep all of the tv stuff on one network or put all the tv well that's that's more of a problem with the 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 way television shows are made in the 21st century because the company a company will make a show and the company may own a network but it's not necessarily going to show that show on that network yeah like yeah, there's a lot of yeah, weird lot examples of, of that. Like Fox produces Modern Family, but it's yeah. the number one sitcom on ABC. Yeah, like that sort of I mean, thing. You have you have a lot of overlap too. There is stuff from Green Arrow's story that will bleed over into Teen Titans' story, and there is stuff because well, they Teen share Titans. characters from the history it, it, of the stories. Exactly, yeah. that bleed over into Batman. It's just that's where I think if it was completely separate, you know, and they had like nothing to do with each other. That that's when I'm like okay like okay like I Zombie yeah you know I Zombie I Zombie yeah, could have been universe. on another network yeah. than um you know than Arrow, than, than or Arrow Flash. and Flash um but you know they're not because it's its own universe but then they have something that is a shared universe across different things I, I think it's, it's going to be a little DC's bit DC's being sloppy the only thing I can hope is that these shows will be somewhat decent and that people will like them and watch them and it'll be successful and it won't get cancelled before it's time like Constantine also Powers got renewed for a second season I heard about that oh so cool on the Playstation Network good on you. so speaking of Marvel and how they're just killing it Let's talk about what they're doing in the comic books real quick, shall we? Because I know DC just did this Convergence event, and Marvel is following it up kind of in their own way with Secret Wars. And I bought Secret Wars issue number one, and they gave me at the comic book store this neat cover here. And so, and I open it up. It's the map of Battle World. And if you look along the sides, they have all the covers for all the different comics that are coming out. And they've just started releasing some of these uh, as of when you guys hear this, just just Mm -hmm. on Wednesday. So they just started releasing some of these. I know Planet Hulk was one that they released. That's uh, written Sam Humphreys. Our good friend Sam Humphreys is writing on Planet Hulk. I looked through that, and at some point, I saw Captain America riding a dinosaur. Yeah. So there's no way that could be bad. Devil dinosaur. There's a book called Deadpool Secret. Yeah, De- Secret Deadpool's Wars. Secret Wars, which also came out this week. Uh, A Force is another one. Oh yeah, uh, the Ultimate End, like the end, uh, Ultimate Spider Verse is I think. still going. Yep, uh, Ultimate End, I think, is one of them. Uh, they had a oh, they had the Master of Kung Fu. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The, with the super throwback oh. cover on. Yeah, sixteen oh two is on here. Yep, yep. yep. There and, and the covers on these X-Men are gorgeous. Ninety two, written by a friend of the podcast, Chris Sims. Yes, um, but there is some awesome stuff on there, and just all the covers stuff. I'm looking for what's it called? Ghost. It's not called Ghost Rider. It's called Ghost. Ghost uh, Racers. Oh man, is it just? Oh my god, is it like Wacky Racers with uh, Ghost with Ghost Riders? One of, that would be cy- one of them's a, like a like a cyborg centaur. Oh Ghost god. Racers is, on is fire. cool because the cover of it. Has oh, Frank Avia, by the way, it has all different variations of Ghost Riders throughout history drawn including by including new Robbie Reyes, Frank Avia. Yep, you have Ghost Rider on a horse, on a motorcycle, in a car. Oh, you just have so many different they have, variations. They have the it, well, Marvel is kind of killing yeah. it with this. They definitely thought this out because I look. They got in, Felipe Smith writing that book. Yeah, and looking into like Convergence, Ryan and yeah. I, Ryan and I, there's a comic book store up the street from us that we kind of just freak. We just go in there and look on our lunch break. It's about a little walk away from our from our from our job, and so we check. We just go in there and check it out and take a look around. But we keep looking at all these Convergence books and just like, oh, it's this DC universe versus this DC universe. I'm like, why are they doing this? Yeah, like this seems like well more well thought out. It seems like they're and they're paying homage to all these different co- co- covers to the original ones. Like Marvel, and I never thought I'd say this because I like DC Comics, but Marvel's kind of killing it right now. Like they're doing a good job. Like this is gonna sell them some freaking books. There's two books I see on here. One is Star Lord and Kitty Pride. Yep, who have a thing right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's another book called Guardians of Nowhere, K N O W, which has uh, it has Gamora, Angela, Rocket. And Drax on the cover. That's rad. So that's really interesting. Oh, man. That's so cool. And X-Men 92 looks amazing. Because it's like oh, no. the X-Men animated series, the comic book. Yep. Looks great. Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos. Yep. What? I know. They're going weird, dude. I'm excited about it. That is a weird title. I know, but I'm super excited about this about this a lot, a lot, a lot. Ding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> By the way, um, this yeah. does not hold up at all. So, um, but yeah, I know it doesn't. Um, but yeah, so that's the map of, of Battle World and all the different books that are on there. I'm really excited to check out some of these Marvel books. You got me excited to check it out because yeah, I'll be too. honest, I wasn't so on Convergence and so I was like, oh, this is like the Marvel version, but I, this I seems mean, a lot more well thought out. And it seems like it's paying homage to all the different silly. Too, and you see, like there's a Civil Age War of Ultron book that, versus Marvel zombies. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ugh. I still want to go. So it's a bunch of that. Ultron robots versus the zombies of the Marvel universe. Oh I my god! Well, you know, zombies. did you guys know that the the Runaway book that they're doing is written by uh the the people who write lumberjanes no that's oh, amazing yeah See, they got that good talent sense, too don't get me wrong i still want to go pick up that um uh, that rosmo uh constantine mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you know We'll check it out. We'll, we'll check it There's out. There's a book called Modoc speaking of uh, D- speaking of DC. There is some um, there is some uh, the, the the post convergence universe. They've they've done some things in there, um, and I noticed uh, there's a couple different things that like, had this campaign of like, are you ready? Which is a little silly, but there's one. There's two that caught my eye. One that is called is Batman Beyond, and the tagline said, "A Robin of the past becomes the Batman of the future." And I'm just like, okay, I've not read Convergence at all, so I don't know which Robin it is, but that sounds amazing. Um, I'm hoping to God it's either Dick Grayson or, you know, it'd be really fun, and I hate him, but I'd love to see him be like snarky Batman as Jason Todd. That would be great. Really? Because I want to see like a really 
a little punk Batman is Damian Wayne. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, another book called We Are Robin, which is a bunch of like like Robins as like a gang, almost like the I think like the Batman, like the Sons of Batman. And I the- would read the. <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> It's I right. let that one slip. <laughs> it's all right. Sorry. Alan, this is what comic sound effects are for. Sorry. Okay. I put silly sound effects over when you curse. Can you do like a Batman 66? Like a boom. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'll see and if that I can find That should be our boom. new thing that we should do. <laughs> um, so I think we had one more little thing to talk about, right? Yes. There's a book coming out. Oh, the two more things. That's one. I think there's one more for that. But can t- t- talk about that though first. So you guys remember when we read a book called Six Gun Gorilla. I do. I love that book. Some yeah. of us might have art behind it. me from it, the original artwork. Some of us were fans. The last page yes. of issue five. So, yeah. Did we like that book? I can't remember. Well, what does this uh, $400 piece of artwork behind me say? <laughs> oh, Mr. Big Money here. I bought it for us. Yeah. And it graces our podcast recording. So it was area. written by Cy Spurrier. It was drawn by Jeff Stokely. In July, they have a new book calling, uh, coming out called The Spire, mm-hmm. written by Cy Spurrier, drawn by Jeff Stokely. Oh, oh man, I'm really excited. Looks like it's vaguely science fiction. It can't live Ooh. up. It can't live it up. It I, might I be just, different. It can be different. It's okay. I'll I'm just looking out. forward to but see those understand. two guys working together again. So the good. gorilla changed my life. I know. The gorilla changed my life, too. I'm I told you. somebody the other day they were having a rough time. I'm like, hey, it's not about you. I told them that. <laughs> Did you tell them to read this book about a gorilla with guns? I'm like, I, I was told. I <laughs> dropped that. I named up that book whenever I can. And I, I do, too. Yeah, it's so I'm excited to see the spider. I remember Stokely was telling me about that when I ran into him at Comic Con uh, last year. Oh yeah, I was like, oh man, any so any plans for like another six gun thing there? He's like, yeah. he's like, we get, we're working on something. It's not six gun, you know, and I'm not necessarily taking that off the table. But right now, you know, we're working, we're on, working something on something else. We're working on something else, but it's the two of us. And I was like, yes, that's exciting. Yes. Um, so yeah, out in July. So one more thing. A big step, another a second big step for comic books. I would say maybe the Buzz Aldrin uh, landing, uh, stepping off of the lunar lander onto the moon. Wait, uh, what is Neil Armstrong in this? Metaphor? Neil Armstrong was would be Bendis in this point. Oh, and this would be number two. Would be Mr. Matt Fraction appeared on the Late Show with Seth My- Seth Meyers. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. He appeared one. on. So wait, let me get you guys. There's no more. I'm telling Letterman. you guys, there is a gentleman who wrote comic books appeared on a late night talk show. And not even one like Bendis, who is in association with something like Powers. Like this or, is just Fraction no, or I, Stan Lee. I mean, Stan and Lee. Fraction is. I mean, going to be associated there because they're making sex criminals into a thing. I think they're also making Pretty Deadly into a thing too. Eventually, but I mean, you know, that's what I mean? not Fraction though. That's that's, that's Good Lady Wife. But still, like that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're making they're making both those folks. They're going to be big. I have a feeling. Uh, this sounds super creepy, but I feel like Matt Fraction is just like. Like I really think he's a cool guy. I think he says I, he's a cool I, dude. Like, he, I know for he's a fact the kind of person cool who, dude. if I was like, if I could figure out a way that we could just hang out and it wasn't creepy, like I'd make that happen. Yeah, me too. I'm but, with you. Take me with you. But I can't think of a way no, to do that. Neither can I. Speaking of cool dudes, uh-huh. we actually got a chance to catch up with. Jacob Simon. Oh yeah, yeah. We the guy who wrote Goners. Goners. Forgot to mention that at the top of the show. So for those of you who stuck around all the way through, you get a special surprise. Yeah. So we were able to, as we tweeted about and stuff before, uh, and you may have seen, I think, photos on the Instagrams. Uh, we got to do an extended interview with uh, Jacob Simon and actually pick his brain a little bit more, talk a little bit about the creative process, uh, talk about his new uh, trade. Uh, for Goners, compiling the first six issues 
which mm. you should all pick up because it's fantastic. But um, check it out, man. Super chill, dude. Awesome. Really smart and interesting, you know, uh, just point of view on everything and it, it's it's awesome it was a, it was a blast i can't wait to catch up with him again and uh yeah so yeah, check, check out the interview yeah, we awesome. talk about we talk about some of the plot details of goners but not in a spoilery way yeah i think um but yeah man it, uh, the more i've read of that book the more i've liked it first trade 10 bucks image I agree. So check it out. Um, we will be having an interview after the credits rolls, the credit music rolls. Check, out, check it out. Stick around for our interview uh, with Jacob. So that's going to bring us to the end of another issue of Four Color Commentary, guys. But before we go and Yay. before we wish you a, a fond good goodbye and a invitation to return, uh, we want to let you guys know about uh, the books we're going to be reading next time. So let's start off with First Prince. Now, I have two options for you boys. Okay. I, I mentioned this to these guys, but I don't know if they remember because we've talked about so much. Should we go... Dark and gritty or happy go lucky? Alan, happy go lucky or dark and gritty? Oh, come on. Happy go lucky. Chewy, happy go lucky or dark and gritty? Um, you know what? I'm going to go happy go lucky. Ryan, happy go lucky, I'm guessing. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the book we're going to be reading next time, it was between one of the two. I'm, I'm going to hold off the other one that I'd mentioned to you on. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to surprise you. This guy's going to be really excited because he knows what it is. Okay. We're going to return to the universe of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So we're going to read Scott Pilgrim Volume 3. Is it Scott Pilgrim and the in- Infinite Sadness? Isn't that what it's called or something like that? Uh, I should called? know this, but I don't. Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to pull up the exact Scott title. Pilgrim number three. Scott Pilgrim volume three. I'll get you the exact title uh, here in a moment. But uh, we'll move on from that real quick, and we'll move into uh, Here's My Issue. So, Alan, what are you going to be bringing for Here's My Issue next time? Uh, so I'm bringing a webcomic for next time. Webcomic time. Yay. Yay. As is my way. Yeah. It so is Scott Pilgrim in the Infinite Sadness. All right. There we go. Um, so... <clears throat> Uh, uh, I'm gonna be bringing a web comic uh, called Tenko uh, Tenko King Tenko King T E N K O. It's written by Tavis Maiden. There was uh, a thing a little while ago that Penny Arcade did, which was a reality show for web comic artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the artists uh, from that show. Um, I'm probably gonna be bringing a couple of these in succession because all everybody on that show is fantastic. But this is one thing uh, that he started after and because of that, and so it's actually it's kind of like a Legend of Zelda parody. So it'll be pretty interesting. interesting. Cool. So what about you? Yeah, me, me, my turn. Um, so a little bit ago, uh, T Shape Visor was kind enough to uh, donate a book to the Four Color uh, Bookshelf here, um, and he gave us the first trade of Southern Bastards. Um, so what I want to do is I want to bring in, or I'm going to have us read Southern Bastards issue one. Mm-hmm. So the first one that, um, it's probably gonna be a little bit harder to find as an actual print issue, just FYI for anybody looking for it. So you might be better off getting the first trade of it or, um, you know, digital or something like that. Uh, but you know, pick it up. It's, um, Southern Bastards number one on image story by Jason Aaron, who we read with Thor, a God of Thunder. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Sweet. art by Jason Latour. And just to kind of uh, pitch it to you guys, welcome to Craw County, Alabama, home of Boss Barbecue, the state champion running Rebs football team and more bastards than you ever seen when you're an angry old man like earl tub that's tub with two b's the only way to survive a place like this is to carry a really big stick um 
basically <laughs> what they bring you <laughs> what they bring you is a southern fried crime series that's like the dukes of hazards meets Co- the Cohen brothers on meth. All right, sweet. So NSFK, NSFK, <laughs> not safe for kids, yes. probably. So yeah, Alan, yeah. you're gonna be proud of me. Oh god, I'm doing a New Year's resolution. What's I'm that? fulfilling it. I'm bringing a manga next time. Woo, yeah. You're gonna get ready to save those woos. Oh wait, no, this is gonna be something dumb. I'm bringing a manga from DC Comics. Yeah, you. Otherwise known as. Batmanga, Batmanga, the 1960 series uh, based on the 1960 show, very loosely uh, by a uh, written and illustrated by Jiro Kuwata, and I'm just going to give you the brief little thing. In this issue, uh, in this it, ba- uh, it is Batman and Robin face the evil Lord Deathman. Alan, look at me. Awesome it's not. You said I couldn't bring Attack on Titan and Marvel. This uh, is a legitimate manga that has nothing to do with the DC continuity at all. I was trying to get you to branch out, not branch out in the same direction. I actually, am. This doesn't have the Grant Joker Morrison in it. Did, did eventually reference Lord Deathman. All right. Well, there you go. But yeah, Batman, I'm, it's, it's available digitally uh, as a DC book. I might have to just get it for you guys. Uh, so issue number one of Batmanga. Well, I tried to do a southern accent when I was reading that. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know either. <laughs> I thought you did. It, it was like, no, I said, why did I? It was not intentional. I just, <laughs> it is a southern, the so southern bastards. Speak with a little bit of molasses in my mouth. There. So, there Ryan, what are you bringing this time? So, I brought a book about music this time that was totally not appropriate for children. So, yeah. I'm gonna bring a music, a book about music next time that is super appropriate for children. <gasps> uh, it is a, it is a book that is, um, maybe you could call it outrageous. Uh, How outrageous? I would say maybe truly. Truly outrageous. Oh, there it is. Oh, here it is. What is it? Uh, I'm bringing Jim and the Holograms, number one. Yay! Uh, We can watch the terrible trailer to go with it. It is completely disconnected from the movie, uh, and it is sort of spiritually based on the TV show. It's written by Kelly Thompson, drawn by Sophie Campbell. Uh, I actually really, really like this book. Uh, So I'm really excited for you guys to read the incredible awesomeness that is Gem and the Holograms. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode of a Four Color Commentary. Remember, stay tuned out for the credits for a special interview uh, with Jacob Simon, and uh, we will be seeing you next time. Come back to the pod, the only podcast that would be fully in support of a Marvel circus where there's a clown hulk and a spider acrobat and a tiger robot that Butler. fights, I don't know, that's an Ultron tiger that fights a little Hank Pym who's whipping it and stuff. It'd be pretty awesome. So Marvel Circus, we would be fully in support. Listen. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I know how you should respond. <laughs> me funny. Me Alan. <laughs> me entertained. Me chewy. Me like going little car. All of Hulk fit in little car. It weird. <laughs> me Ian. Me sad. With happy face drawn on face. Yay! Stay in your midst, everybody. Bye! Yeah, we are. So
Welcome to a very special in-store Q&A interview at Fat Collectibles with Jacob Simon here, one of the creators behind Donners. As always, you are joined by your four four color comrades here. So I am Chewy. Uh, Alan, you do. <laughs> yeah, we had to go out of out of I'm order. Yeah. Okay, you want to start over? <laughs> Should I? <laughs> I'm Ian. Hello. I'm Alan. Hey. Right. I'm Jake. Or Jacob. Yeah. Our very special guest here, Jake Jacob. So what do you prefer, Jake or Jacob? I go, oh my God, it's an Apple Watch. All right, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, mean, I saw something right. shiny and then I got distracted. <laughs> he came we, in the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, no, I, I, go by, I go by Jake in, like, in my real life, but yeah. obviously everyone writes not with their pen name of their nickname so yeah. I yes. Jacob's my my true name yeah Did you, is that oh, is Jacob name. like true your, name. Is, is Jacob like your pen name or you just prefer it because it's like your legal name and it's just easier to go by it's just my legal name and it just sounds a lot like a, you can't trust a Jake a Jacob you know it gives, a, it gives you a little bit of, even though it's technically uh, it means supplanter and liar uh, <laughs> technically you trust a Jacob a little bit more than a Jake I'll tell you when I was a kid and somebody would ask me like, like what would you want your name to be if it wasn't Ian because I hated my name uh-huh. I was like oh Jake cause yeah because there's a character on the show Hey Dude oh, <laughs> oh, Jake nice. is the cool guy it just invokes the image of like having a pack of cigarettes like rolled up in your sleeves like on the jacket and like yeah, that's just the like, snake yeah. yeah that's true and then you have that girl yeah. sticking her hair back even though I have no hair yeah but uh <laughs> you know whatever well it's different than Alan which means pizza eater and procrastinator <laughs> I don't know I would, I would much bigger than that one. Also, self-deprecating. Artists. Self-deprecating. Yeah. <laughs> self-deprecating. Oh, also not good enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Right, right, we got it out of the way. The Greek is not covering that much. Let's uh, let's pull it back a little bit. We got it out of the way. We had to get it out of the way at some point. So, so I'm going to ask you the question you've been asked a million times before, and you have been asked by us or by me before. Goners, give us the. Brief synopsis slash elevator pitch, if you will, uh, as to your series here. Uh, it's a world where the mythological and folklore exists. It's uh, it, Everyone knows about it. It's not hidden. Mm-hmm. There's this family that are kind of the first line of protection, and they're called the Latimers. They're very famous. They've been doing it for generations, like hundreds and thousands of years. And uh, the latest generation has turned into a brand, and they're Raleigh and Evelyn Latimer, and they have their own reality show and toys and cereal and all that kind of stuff. And live on this reality show, one night a case goes wrong and they end up getting murdered live on television for the entire world to see, and including their children, Josiah and Zoe. And Josiah and Zoe now have to go on the run because they're the next in line to inherit the mantle. And everybody's after them, and they have to figure out who kills their parents and why. And it's just they a lot of sins of the father get un, uncovered in the process. It takes place over one night as well. Okay, so I mean, right there, I think we've got a pretty good idea of what type of a, a ride we're in for here. Um, I've asked you questions about it before. I've asked you how you kind of pick this this idea for a story. How you you know made your connections with the mythological, with the folklore, and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, what I want to know is, we talked last time about just the series as a whole. You now have the trade. It's actually here. Like, it, it's right here. Yeah, it's so sexy. In our hands. It's it sexy. Like, it looks sexy. It's so big. It's 176 pages for 10 bucks. I mean, wow. yeah. where are you going to get that? So, with that being said, you know, is this... Here's a question for you. You've worked on other stuff before, but this is your... Is this your first trade? 
that you that you've released? Uh, yeah, no, this is. I mean, I did a couple of like guest spots on uh, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man comics, which are made for kids. That got turned into trade, like little digest trades for kids. Um, but you know, I mean, I that's just I'm one of the writers of like many. Uh, this is this is me and Jorge going at it and uh, just making up the stuff that we want to make up and it's, we were having a really good time doing it so it's just technically I consider this like my first actual trade nice uh, even though I mean technically it's you've not. been in other yeah. trades yeah um, I want to know how does it compare we, we, in other interviews um, I remember uh, Josh S. Hanneman talked about getting the issue printed and he you know he, he talked about you see the construction of your especially creator own content mm-hmm. along the way and then he ends up with an individual issue and it was that moment where he puts it in a bag and a board where it was like ooh this is real now yeah. so I'm sure there was probably a moment at some point with the individual issues with that how does that compare or is it any different than when you have your trade in your hand for the first time yeah I don't know why but the trade got me way more excited like I mean the issues themselves are great but uh, the trade just got like a heft to it and you go I'm like holy crap no, I, I hold it, and it's just like I, I go back and I process all of the, the work that went into it, and it's just, since it's got a little bit of weight to it, 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 it gives it a little bit more, I don't know, it makes it feel a little bit more intensive for me. Yeah. But when you have a floppy, you're just like, whatever, fanning yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Unless you finish all the paper, yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, while I am a huge fan of floppies, I just, the trade for some reason felt like an accomplishment yeah did you, did you write the issues with the trade in mind or did you think like were you writing the issues this is a good place to stop this is a good place to stop this is a good place to stop because um, no, I know some yeah. people write them so that when they all come together they read straight through rather yeah. than seeming like chapters in a book no to, to, to everyone's not to everyone but to a lot of people's chagrin I wrote this with like one overarching mystery uh, involved so it was it was like I knew exactly where it was going to end uh, I knew the chapter stops, generally the tra- chapter stops, and uh, I think a lot of people really hate, as much as they love mysteries, they like hate mysteries because after two issues of not knowing like maybe how it's going to go, they're kind of like, ah, I'm, I'm just going to wait for trade. Yeah. Instead of just going like, it's a mystery book and I'll, you know, it'll right. be revealed. Uh, so hopefully like this trade will kind of renew some vigor uh, in the story itself because... Uh, you know, we've gotten really good word of mouth, and and just and I think maybe thinking of it as a trade instead of thinking of it as individual issues right. might have might have hurt the first two issues, which were like probably the most important issues to start off with <laughs> to lead with. You know, um, and especially not having a name, it's like it's really hard because you're asking people to trust that you know where you're going. Where people have been burned, I've been burned a million times reading comics. Right. And I can imagine like how many people are like, I'm spending three bucks on this book that I don't know if it's going to be any good right. or not. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was like a, a slight speed bump, but uh, it's all collected and it's gotten really good word of mouth. So I think, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to pay off in the end, but at the time, I think I should have started thinking it more in chapters instead of a trade. Yeah. Which is what I thought of uh, originally. So. Well, I mean, now that there is the trade, it's not such a big deal. Now it's not a big deal, but for those for those six Price months... Yeah, for those, those six months leading up to it, it was like, 
you just get your numbers back and you're like, oh man, oh man, <laughs> oh man. And then the trade numbers come in and you're like, okay, thank God. <laughs> like, thank God the trade numbers are good. So. I think that that's yeah. more and more prevalent in our culture today, not just with the comic book industry, but also anything else. I mean, like Netflix. Sh- shows, shows have to get, you know, two seasons under their belt before you even know if it's going to be successful because, you know, people will wait for it to go on Netflix to mm-hmm. binge watch it. They want to do that sort of stuff. And I think the same applies yeah. to, you know, any comic book series. You know, you, you have the trade weight. We talked about that before, yeah. you know. So I think as long as, you know, you have people that understand that, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about looking over your shoulder or anything. Yeah. Like that, you know. Well, it's, it's it, the one thing that's hard about with comics is that it takes so many people to make a comic good mm-hmm. uh, and they all have to get paid. And and so when you're doing an independent book, you're kind of just like, all right, well, we're all going to split it evenly or or whatever. And and you're just like really excited because maybe something will happen to it and then you could split that. And everyone's just kind of baking on the idea of like buying that lottery ticket that might be like worth $340 million. Um, So you guys, you get, you you get, (laughs) yeah, you get in that mindset of like the pie in the sky, like maybe this book will do something great. Um, But, you know, to have, you know, two story arcs come out, and like if they don't if they don't hit well, like you, there's no way you're gonna continue going. With TV, it's like you have people kind of like paying your salary, so it's a little sure. it's a little easier for them to kind of stay afloat, uh, just to kind of find their legs. For comics, it's kind of like really, it is really hard for independents at least uh, to kind of just like jump jump in and be like, here we are, and then hear crickets <laughs> and then eventually like maybe someone comes in on accident like oh this is in the bar and like oh okay I'll check it out um, and then at that That's point you're kind of like you're like alright well cool I got someone to stick around and maybe they'll invite a friend and, right, yeah. and then eventually you can find more people but you really have to like for me I mean I, I, I keep looking back at Kirkman and mm-hmm. with his Walking Dead I mean Kirkman had you know books before Walking Dead but right. like he wasn't like a household name like he is now but with Walking Dead it took him like at least 15 issues for people to like finally catch on and that's like I mean that's like two and a half story arcs that was him working yeah. on other projects at the same time yeah too. and he was working on Marvel Zombies which also really helped too and yeah yeah but I mean it just I keep looking to that because that's like the inspiration it's like okay we can get somewhere someday we just have to kind of dig our heels in and believe in the project and keep working at it yeah and I think we'll do that yeah speaking of that like you said you did some, some work on like Ultimate Spider-Man comics what's it Cause, I mean as far as Obviously, Image is creator-owned stuff mm-hmm. and all that. What's kind of the what's kind of the difference, I guess, in working with somebody like Image versus somebody like Marvel? Like, or like, I guess Marvel would be Marvel. Marvel's still putting that on like yeah. a Disney imprint. Well, I mean, it's it's completely different in the fact that there's two different models. Like, yeah. I, I Image. Image is sorry. What? I think that's the question. Like, what's the difference in like model wise? I know. Yeah. You pitch it to Image, they print it for you. Yeah. And, yeah well, how's that kind of look? It's it's hard because Image is not an easy company to just jump in and be like, hey, look at my stuff. Pit, like you know, put my stuff out. Yeah. Um, you have to really like somehow get on the radar or have a really good artist. Um, and I did both. <laughs> and um, you know, once you get an image, though, the cool thing with Image is that you can do what you had in your mind. Like, you don't have to worry about any kind of end game. You don't have to worry about an event jumping in the middle of your story and, like, being like, okay, this is where it has to go now because they have to be in space now all of a sudden. And you're like, what? Yeah. But they swing around on webs. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Space webs. <laughs> but, um, you know, so images that give you the freedom, and I, I really do, I, I believe that a lot of the best stories come from people who are just given, like, room to just do their thing. Like, uh... 
like Peter David on Hulk, like he, like Hulk wasn't a big character at the time, and so like they let him do whatever he wanted, and like he ended up making the Hulk like a really rad character that everyone was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, you know, I just I just really think that a lot of stories come, a lot of really good stuff comes from people who can kind of just like have room to breathe and just be like, I've had this idea for a while, and I and you trust me now to tell it the way I want to and if it fails it fails on my own terms and it doesn't really affect any bottom line but with Marvel there's a bottom line always and you have to answer other people it's their characters and you have to respect that so when you go into it you know what you're getting into and you get into it because you're like I'm going to have you know at least 25,000 copies sold so that's 25,000 you know uh, ideally 25,000 people reading your book at least that's like the minimum I think they have on their books, and um, and so you go, hey, twenty five thousand people are going to read what I wrote, and maybe they'll check out other stuff I have to do down the line. So you build a fan base through that. For me, I write animation, so I write Ultimate Spider-Man on, on Disney XD. I write Marvel Avengers Assemble on Disney XD, and some other stuff that I've done abroad. But see both the shows, like them both. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I just. For me, it's like I get to play in those sandboxes, so I, like, at this point, I kind of don't really, like, I, I guess I just don't have this urge to kind of, like, jump into that Marvel uh, or DC or whatever, like, you know, um, comic arena right now, because I'm so happy with just my independent stuff. Yeah. Because I already play with Spider-Man and the Avengers and stuff like that, so <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's someone like Mark Wade who, like, is like, yeah, I'm writing Daredevil forever, Daredevil forever to pay the bills, and then I write my own stuff yeah. outside, so. But Mark Wade, I mean, that guy's just <laughs> rad. I mean, the guy the guy can multitask like nobody else. Oh, like, yeah. the, the fact that he can pull out so many stories that are still original mm-hmm. is so weird to me. <laughs> like, I have such a hard time sometimes just, like, thinking of how I'm going to make this, like, unique in any kind of way. Like, this book, like, Goners, it's it's got a fairly... Uh, identifiable story like you've heard it a lot you're like mm-hmm. oh it's a family that hunts monsters but like you have to make it unique and so I try to come with a different hook where it's like kids reality on the run and too. reality TV yeah. and, and folklore monsters not like werewolves and, and mm-hmm. you know uh, zombies and witches and stuff like that like I just wanted to be like tribal folklore that like people haven't really heard of so you know you just gotta find like different hooks to make things unique and, and Mark Way does it like better than anyone I know so how much research did you have to do for that, by the way? Yeah, yeah, about that was um, my question. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, did the folklore stuff come first? Were you just, like, super into that, and then you wanted to integrate it in, or were you trying to look for a, a new angle and then opened up Wikipedia and spent several hours? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, the folklore, I've actually had this in my mind for a bit now, just like of the indigenous tribal folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to admit, the Skinwalker was an, a late add-in. Like, we, had, we, we weren't going to have that character in there, but Jorge really wanted to draw a... He wanted to draw a warg master, <laughs> and I was like, "You want to draw a warg master?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I don't know. It could be like a circus thing." And I'm like, "No, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not. I don't really want to make things up. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna just throw things in." And he was just like, "Oh man, come on. It'd be cool. I can. Draw, I'll draw it so well." And I was like, "Let me just like, let me go and think and read stuff and like try to find something like it's a middle ground because yeah. I don't want to start adding like folklore or like characters in that like don't." Like it's just like an afterthought. So, um, so yeah, I went through and I looked through a lot of like books and, and, and through the internet. I, I don't think I hit Wikipedia, but um, <laughs> but I, I definitely did have a lot of folklore, like tribal folklore. And uh, I found the Skinwalker, 
and it's I mean that's like a perfect addition because it's like you just wear the pelt of anything and, and if it's if they are of like a shamanistic kind of witch quality yeah. uh, and evil or whatever then they can turn themselves into whatever they wear yeah so really well with yeah the other so lead that, the, the rest of that animal too. yeah so so basically so yeah so what it is is like so now we, we have this like crazy tribal shaman uh, who's like a bad guy has lived for a long time because you know he's got like crazy witch powers and he also turns into a crazy warg that looks like a like a really deranged werewolf like almost like even <laughs> even more crazed like howling style yeah. the howling werewolf was like way weird yeah so yeah um i i don't know i we just had a lot of fun with it and and i from what i've gotten from a lot of people is it's their favorite character so i'm glad that we went that route <laughs> because if we didn't have a fair character, then I'd feel very sad. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the fact that you guys really had a lot of fun, you know, in writing this this story, shines through. And yeah, when we were talking about the actual issue um, in the last episode here, we were um, talking about how this book, you know, it does have a familiar warmth to it, mm-hmm. but it does more than those other, you know, stories that we would have heard in the past. And I think Ryan put it best, where he just we're trying to figure it out. We're working it out. We're like, oh, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like that. And Ryan just jumps in with a thundering voice. He's like, this book has heart. <laughs> you know, well, thanks, and man. so I think that's pretty cool when you can do something that's dark, that's bloody, yeah. that's fun, that's exciting, um, and give it heart. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that, that that's what we're talking about last and kind of sets it apart. Um, you're talking a little bit about, you know, the ultimate, you know, Spider-Man playing in someone else's sandbox, you know, that sort of thing. And with that, how um, how did you get into comics, you know, because when you get into, like, as, as a reader, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, what was your character, what was your series, what was the thing that drew you in? Because obviously that would have come from someone else's sandbox. Yeah, no. Um, do you have a favorite? Do you have something that kind of drew you in in the first place to start doing? Yeah, I can could t- I could tell you exactly what it was. Uh, it was Infinity War number one. It was on a spinner rack in a 7-Eleven. And, <laughs> and it was in 7-Eleven with my mom, and I got like a Slurpee, and I saw all those superheroes with like you know Adam Warlock and whatever and like yeah. I didn't know who I didn't know who Adam Warlock was but I was like this guy looks cool and he has like crazy hair and, yeah, yeah. and uh and Spider-Man Captain America and everybody was on the cover and and as a kid and it really does work I mean if you want to get like new readers like for these things you just got to put like big bright heroes on your covers that are identifiable so when you're like seven years old you go I know that character and I read it um and it worked for me and it was a gatefold cover so it like literally had like all the marvel heroes oh, on it nice. <laughs> and um and i remember just being like hooked and it was number one so like i jumped into that and then i ended up finding like you know the infinity uh uh sorry infinity gauntlet yeah, yeah. uh i got there's so many infinities all of a sudden i was like <laughs> infinite crisis i'm uh damn it <laughs> dc like an infinite amount of yeah so, um, are you, more, are you more Marvel leaning than DC? <laughs> no, you, you know, it's so weird. I used of... to be like a hardcore DC fan. Oh, like, really? I, got, I got really into DC and, and then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to Marvel and, uh, does it have anything to do with the word new? <laughs> and a number. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was, re- it was really weird because I, it's almost like because I worked at the comic shop and like I was able to read like all the books like nonstop. So you could art, you could start seeing cracks 
like yeah. faltering, and you're just like, oh no, oh no, and then and then eventually it was like, all right, it's it's too far gone. I, I can't go back, and uh, I don't want to be spurred to any company because I'm sure that any, yeah, yeah. every company like Marvel had it too. Marvel yeah. had that Everybody that pe- a yeah. period of like. I didn't care about anything that they did, yeah. and now I care about what they do, and 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 they just have to like find their way again, and they will. I mean, I think Marvel's doing it right now. They're doing like Secret War, kind of. To, yeah. They're kind of doing it in a similar way that the New Fifty Two happened. Like, yeah. yeah. It's I, 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 and they they're they're purposely not saying it's New Fifty Two, but I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's like they're New Fifty Two. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're kind of relaunching a lot of the characters, and like, you know, I think you have to do that as a brand. You have to. I mean, how many times have we heard a different origin for Superman? I mean, we've heard yeah. it a million times, but they're all they're all unique and weird and different. And I don't know. I think I think companies just have to do this eventually, and everyone's gonna like hate it at first. And hopefully, they just find their way somehow, course correct, and and get back the the people that you know left. Is is there like a like a character in those sandboxes that you've like like if I could do anything and they let me do whatever I want, this would be the first thing I pick? Yeah, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. Well, really? Yes. Yeah. Nice. I've been like a big fan of Black Widow for a while, and like I, I was talking to someone. Uh, oh man, I've done so many podcasts. Let's see. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but we were talking. About, we were talking about Black Widow, and um, and I was like, dude, she's kind of like a, a really like she's like a, a refreshing take on Batman for the Marvel universe. I feel hmm, like I she's just. I feel one. like she's so just like prepared, and she's yeah. so got like these things like. That are just like in the back of her head that she can use against anybody at any time. Yeah, but like doesn't. <laughs> but like that's the thing is like she's unassuming because people don't assume the grittiness of Batman when you think of Black Widow. You think of Black Widow as like a badass, but like also like kind of chill and cool. Yeah. So like that she's got that going for her. But like if you really go like dig deep on her like arsenal, you're like, oh, she's got like she's got like everything that she probably needs to take down anyone that she has to you know. Right. Be around. Yeah, I, I just love that moment in that first Avengers movie where she's like acting like she's all scared of Loki. Yeah. She's like, okay, so that's your plan. Thanks. See. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's, that's well done. Yeah. It's a good. Batman. She was. Yeah. She was awesome in in Age of Ultron too, man. Just like I was like, God, she's Wait, kicking. Butt. Did you guys like our Age of Ultron? Because like I'm I'm getting confused here because when we when I left the theater, yeah, everyone was like kind of clapping and like cool about it. Yeah. And then I ended up like you know talking to the world and before that and yeah. and after that and they all were like this movie sucks and I'm like yeah, I think it's, it was so weird I was so like I, I really I really enjoyed it I I, yeah. I think I made my expectations were like insanely low I don't maybe know maybe that's what it was because I feel like uh, it was one of those movies where when you sat on it yeah. and you start looking at it deeper you're like that could have been better I don't know if I like that so much yeah. it's one of those yeah. things when when you leave you're still like full of it you know and yeah. you're still running you're like well that was pretty good but 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 it's it, but it's different it's not like that It's that, that could have been better not like Man of Steel like yet another thing does <laughs> Superman have any fun or smile at all as you're holding like the Moldov cocktail uh, we, in the I had a big blow up yeah, we, we call it Batman paint which is like let's just throw like oh yeah Batman's popular let's throw some Batman yeah. paint on Superman he paints it like Batman everything looks good <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I saw those recolored versions, those like oh, recolored yeah. like, uh, yeah. like oh, the movie. movie looks like fun. And I was like, oh man, that movie actually looked like a Superman movie. And <laughs> all you had to do was recolor it. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> like it was so weird. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I, I dug the movie, man. I mean, yeah, there, there's things that could have been done better, and that can be done in any movie, in any scenario. There's always room for improvement. But yeah. I, like, I'd go watch it again in the theater, you know, if anyone else wanted to go watch it. Too. I, yeah. think, I, think, I, I dug it. It's a popcorn movie. You know, like, you yeah. go to watch stuff blow up. I go to watch Cap say awesome things. Yeah. That's why I go. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 love that, I love that moment when, when Cap just like jerks that hammer, you see Thor's face, just like, oh. <laughs> and then he brings it off like, oh yeah, that was... That yeah, everyone's cute. <laughs> in, every, in the theater yeah. when everyone was like, oh. That's, and that's how I knew the nerds had won because it was, mostly the theater was just like normal looking folks. Like yeah. nobody, yeah. nobody looked nerdy in any way, shape, or form. And I'm like, they all know this. Like, they yeah, all know Thor's yeah. the only one who can pick that up. Yeah. Like, Elevator's not weird. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and, and the weird thing is also is that everyone was complaining about Thor as a character. I'm like, Thor's like one of the most charming characters. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's just, he makes me laugh every time he's on screen. Yeah. yeah. Whether he means to or not, he's just, he's so good at, he, like, Chris Hemsworth is so good at that Batman. Yeah. yeah. I think they get, they found they're everybody. There, there was yeah. a lot of stuff in, in that movie that I heard that got cut just because, like, time. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and stuff like that but it seemed like some of that stuff where people were like oh you know the Thor thing was like yeah you know it's yeah. like well there was more that was there it would have made a lot more sense yeah. but you know we'll have to wait till the next Thor yeah. or the next uh, Avengers to find out more about that I guess yeah um, with um, with that you know I, I kind of wanted to know this maybe moving away from the actual trade in the series a little bit but um, a little bit maybe on, on your process if you wouldn't mind kind of enlightening us on that. When I talk to people, a lot of times people will be like, oh yeah, you know, when I, when I write, when I draw or whatever, I'm totally listening to this music. I'm totally watching these movies. I'm, uh, I make sure I'm somewhere where there's lots of noise or I got to mm-hmm. isolate myself and, you know, make sure I got a good beer or a good cup of coffee or <laughs> whatever it is. Everybody has their own thing. Everyone has their own thing. So I'm yeah. wondering, and I noticed that in the back matter of your books mm-hmm. and the individual issues, you had kind of this issue was inspired by yeah. for the entire creative team. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can see examples of that, but do you have a particular kind of process that you go through when you say, okay, I need to write or to, to go through brainstorming or anything like that? Um, well, for me, I, I have a whiteboard at home. Um, I have Spotify. I have, like, the Philip Glass Chronos Quartet Dracula soundtrack. <laughs> nice. Like I have like all these things where and in Spotify like I make a playlist of of like John Carpenter like The Fog is a big one for me and Halloween 2 is a big one for me. And then uh, unfortunately they don't have the Philip Glass uh, Chronos Quartet Dracula soundtrack which is yeah. Probably the best soundtrack, like horror soundtrack ever made. Really? And like no one knows what it is, but I swear to god if you find it like just buy it and listen to it, and I, I promise you, you'll love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write so, that down right now. Okay. I don't know if you knew this about me. Yeah. I, I'm into horror movies. So. Oh, no, Philip, yeah, this one is just like inspired by Dracula, and it's like Philip Glass and Chronos Quartet, and they just get together and they like redo the score, and it's awesome. it's so good. Anyway, um, I listened I listened to that pretty much like either one of the, any one of the soundtracks on loop, um, and then uh, part of my process is coming up with uh, characters first so I, I come up with like what do I want these characters to go through like what like emotionally like what do I want them to go through and I'll write down like a like a theme for the characters like this first arc was all about legacy and like living up to an impossible mantle that you have to take like do or die you have no choice and so that's kind of like what informs a lot of these people is like having to live up to something including Francis like who has to kind of step up to his role as well and 
and the kids have to step to, up, up to be like their parents if they if they survive the night, and you know just like all these people have to step up, and so it's a lot of that. And uh, the next one is going to be a lot about identity. Like, I am this person now, and like, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. do I like a lot? I can't give away what's going to go on, but yeah. it's about identity. <laughs> so a lot of it, the next one's about identity and about uh, being okay with who you are. And, um, and yeah, so I start with that. I start with that idea first, and then I have a, I have a list of monsters I write down in, in a notebook. And I just write down, like, basically a name and, like, a sentence of, like, what they do and yeah. where, where they're from. Nice. And... Uh, and I kind of just go through it, and I should probably database this kind of stuff so it'd be yeah. easier. But I, I haven't. Um, I, I feel like it's so weird. I always feel like I'm so busy, but then I also find myself like watching, binge watching Daredevil. And yeah. it's like, you know, like, well, that was two hours. I yeah. probably could have wrote something. So, huh? yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Do, I meant like yeah, you know, no, I know, certain I know. sections. How do you watch Netflix? Because I just watch it in one thirteen-hour. <laughs> yeah, I sit down for thirteen hours yeah. and I don't move. Yeah, yeah, I watch. I watch. I watch. I've been watching Daredevil oh, over two days because I knew all these podcasts were going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to be on, and I was like, I got to watch this. So, <laughs> that was my excuse. Is my excuse is like, this is work. I'm on one of those podcasts, and I still haven't watched it. So I don't feel bad. All we could do because we didn't want to spoil it in the shows, we were just like, hey guys, Daredevil. Good. Check, it out. Check it anyway, out. Anyway, <laughs> like, we well, can't say more. We right. have a two and a half hour podcast. It's like you yeah. need to. <laughs> yeah. so, I want to um, ask. Can I? I want yeah. to ask because you started talking about the characters. Yeah. Um, it seems I don't know. It was surprising to me that the main characters ended up being a teen girl and her little brother. Yeah. How did? Because um, that's just like especially in like a monster fighting book and a horror book, mm-hmm. you don't expect sort of the reluctant hero especially the reluctant hero to be like a seven year old kid yeah so I'm just sort of curious where that came from um well for me it was like I remember when I was younger I watched uh, Stephen King's It on TV mm-hmm. like live like not live but it was on TV like as it aired and I was like seven or eight and I saw it and it terrified me because it was about kids who like had to defeat this like crazy evil that no one even saw and they had to just like figure it out and then like the next night it was like them as adults and it was kind of meh but yeah, the first the first, that the first night is great because you're just like that's terrifying. Like these kids have to like figure it out and like they have to become the heroes and like no one even might not even know. But um, with this conceit, it was like I would love it if like we went back to that '80s nostalgia of like adventure mm-hmm. that kids can go on, but also have it be dangerous. Yeah, like, that's what it was. And like, okay. and for some reason, like I think we're starting to discover it now, but only if if a book does well. So if like a if, like, a young adult book does well, like Hunger Games or, like, Harry Potter, if those books do well, then all of a sudden, like, people are okay with it. Like, people are okay with, like, kids being a danger and saving the day. <laughs> as but long as everybody else is okay with yeah, it. Yeah, but as long as everyone's okay with it, like, uh, and it makes a lot, lots of money for, you know, publishing companies. But if it's, uh, if it's anything else, like, if it's a TV show all of a sudden about kids like, out of nowhere just doing this, like, everyone's going to be like, that's crazy. Like, what, what are you doing? So for comics, it's like you can do whatever you want. Like, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back, and I'm gonna go back to that '80s adventure feel, but with monsters. And so, I decided on the the brother and sister sibling thing because I've seen the friends kind of get together on like a on, on an adventure, and I've seen siblings get together on adventures, but usually it's like two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Hardy Boys or whatever, <laughs> um, or even Goonies with like younger brother and Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, Goonies, there it is. <laughs> so, so for me, it was like it'd be really interesting if the male character wasn't the older brother. It was actually, you know, an older sister who like knew better and knew yeah. and mm-hmm. was like kind of like 
no, I know better and like all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, like the younger brother has to like grow up really fast. And he, he all of a sudden has like a lot of internal knowledge of what's going on, like through a, a series of events that happen in the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like, they're kind of like on equal footing where she almost has to like, kind of like look to him like, so wait, what's going on? Yeah. No, I like that, <laughs> and, dyna- that dynamic. It's a cool Yeah, dynamic. so it's like she's the leader and all of a sudden he's like, he has a little bit more information and now they're kind of like equals, even though they're so far apart in age, which should be a big difference uh, at that age. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting, like having them both work together, even though they're so like, they're five years apart in age and one's 12, one's 17. So it's like, to have that gap at that age is such a big difference. And so I thought it was really interesting to like have that kind of like sibling quality and warmth. A lot of people were like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't go with like the, I hate you and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, oh, I have to be with you. You're gross. Like, I've seen that a million times. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to yeah. see that in this book. Like, yeah, so like, yeah, so yeah, so for this book, it's like, and I, and I have friends who like have siblings and they like love each other and like, they're like they're each other's best friends and they're still their be- each other's best friends now and like it's like so cool to see that like that actually makes me like wish I had siblings I- I'm an only child but <laughs> it makes me wish that I had siblings when I see like that kind of relationship because I'm like oh you have like a built in best friend and so <laughs> I wanted <laughs> yeah, it's best friend. yeah but, but I wanted this family to be that yeah, like I wanted yeah. them to have like maybe moments of like jealousy or whatever like in the flashbacks where he's like a kid and, and she's older and she's getting all the attention like, he's like, oh, didn't you think that was cool? Like, the, all the magic tricks that she did? And, you know, the uncle's cast has to talk him down from that jealousy. But, like, you know, the current generation or the current, uh, you know, age of these characters, they actually, like, are super in this together and they, like, love each other and they help each other out and protect each other. So you know, they, They're all they've got left, I mean. Yeah, and that was really it was important to me. And, like, you'd be surprised. Like, even yeah. if it's all you got left, it, it would be some kind of, like, weird schism thing yeah. <laughs> that people would, like, one would be, like, super goth. <laughs> like, Batman paint. Yeah, it just—I don't know. It's not—it's not that book. One's and, a cheerleader, one's a giant nerd. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's already so much darkness in it that they're yeah. up against that, like, they need to be the light. And like, yeah. for them to be the light, I want them to be like sterling examples of like what good can be. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was what worked for me. And so, uh, so yeah, that's why, you know. Yeah, like, no, I like that because it, it, they're like the glowing core of the book, and you. And every time, like, it just, I just finished reading it because I yeah. read it um, this morning. But every time, like, a big catastrophe happens, you know, at the end of an issue, it's it ends up with them together. Yeah. And then the one issue where it doesn't end up with them together, it's, like, devastating. Yeah. So I think that that really yeah, worked. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. yeah, that's, I, I'm glad you said that because that was actually really, and there's also, uh, that was really important to me to do. And then also there was another thing that still people haven't caught on yet and I don't want to ruin it for him so I'm not going to say anything because <laughs> he, he hasn't read it yet but uh, no you're almost there I'm not going to ruin it for you but there's <laughs> there's one thing uh, it, it, there's and I'll, I'll call back to it in the first issue of the of the next series but there's a, there's a there's a moment of the parents dying where they have to like give each other's hands to help each other up and then like it gets torn yeah. asunder and at the end here. at the end there's a call back to that with the kids mm. and like that was like and it's, for some reason people didn't really catch up, catch on that but like that was my thing of like, trust me, like I got this, and like yeah. I'll I'll go with you if we're gonna go. Yeah. And yeah. like, that was kind of the thing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, their relationship is probably the most important thing in the book to me. I like, really like how it, I notice now is that the kids are the ones that are kind of more, they care about each other, but all the adults just. Yeah, the adults they all bark at each other. They the all, adults are the ones that have they the problems. All just pop, yeah, fight and punch and yeah. kick, and the kids they don't come there and say stop. They're worried about themselves. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Worried about each other. Everybody else is worried about their own self. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a, 
it's, Except it's, for Francis, I think that was. The yeah, guy. he's the protector. He's the protector so he's like he's he's. But even he well, just goes crazy. Yeah, well, we call him, uh, we call him the manservant because he's a creation that th- this family creates. Like every generation has one, mm-hmm. where they protect the next in line. Mm-hmm. So, um, so his sole goal was to basically like live up to his duty, mm-hmm. and he's all about duty. So that was that was that's why he's so focused. While everyone else is kind of like, what the hell is going on? And yeah. like <laughs> infighting and. And freaking out because they know better, but these two kids like don't have anyone, so they have to figure it out themselves. Awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks like you've got a pretty bright future here. You know, <laughs> with, with, I'm excited to read more. These are famous, famous last words. You know, no, yeah. no, with, 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 I'm talking about like the series. You know, you have we talked about. You know, the light. You mm-hmm. know, the core, the glowing core of that mm-hmm. book. It's so different than other series than any other type of thing like that so you know i think it, it's i'm excited to read you know the next yeah. part and the next part and to keep going with well that. we're we're hoping to we're hoping to get it out in october um jorge's got some stuff scheduling wise that are kind of we're, we're, we're just trying to figure it out his birthday was yesterday so <laughs> uh, yeah so like I, I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to talk to him but um and uh yeah once we figure out like what we can do um we hopefully will get the next arc out in October, and yeah. hopefully more people will pick it up and, and check it out because the trade maybe garnered interest. Um, so far, I mean, I've just been like so happy because like people that have picked up the trade are like, oh, I didn't even know about this book, and like I'm yeah. so you know it's so cool, blah, blah blah. And I'm like, that makes me feel so much like more like less. It just makes me feel less stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I've been on edge the entire time because I'm like, oh my god, I just need people to like read this thing already so we can make more because. I, 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 we're, we're doing this as a labor of love. We're like, none of us are making like money at this. Like we're just doing it because we care and we like where the story's going. We believe in it and we think it will catch on eventually. But like I said, 15 issues, you gotta get to it. So we're hoping, hoping to get to 12. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe people will catch on. I what I think is I think awesome. Totally yeah, yeah, like I haven't talked to a single person who's who's read it and was like, meh. Like everyone I've talked to that's read it has been really on board with it. Sweet. So I think it's just that, and you know, a new trade for it definitely does kind of you know boost the recognizability, yeah. and people will be like, hey, this looks pretty awesome. You know, like what what's this? And I mean. George uh, Jorge does the the covers also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean that is already huge because yeah. fantastic covers that are just pe- people are going to look at the book and be like I need to check it out and then yeah. they do and you have your writing and it's just it's in the art it's it's fantastic yeah. that was a long process for us to get to that cover yeah we we had so many different covers and then eventually we're just like why don't we just do like a monster of, of the month cover uh, yeah it's a great way to go and, uh, it's a grabber it's yeah cool. and now that mixed with like the the horror spotlights in the back you know, if we do enough of these, we want to collect them all in, like, one book and, like, sell it as, like, a coffee table horror oh, book nice. where, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so. I actually have a little question. Uh, sure. Where did you come up with the uh, names for the kids and especially the last name? Um, the last, How do you pronounce it? Latimer? La- Latimer. Latimer. Yeah, the last name, uh, the, the way I found the last name was I... I uh, I went on Google and I just typed in fancy last names. <laughs> and, uh, fancy last names. Yeah. And then I and then I found one that I was like, oh, this one sounds 
it sounds like a grabber. Like I, I would remember that last name, but at the same time, I haven't heard it a million times. And then Broadchurch came out, and they, their, the, the main family's last name was the Latimers, and I was like, God. Uh, <laughs> he did the same Google search as you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, rest of the, like, the, the rest of them I just made up. I don't, I don't, have, a, I don't have a real answer. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like, that name cool. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, That's Raleigh. That sounds old-fashioned and fancy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, how you doing, guys? I have uh, one more kind of combo question mm, here for you. Sure. Maybe just for any of the aspiring, you know, uh, creators out there, artists, writers, artists, writers, whatever. Do, mm-hmm. do you have any, you know, words of advice? You know, how did you meet, you know, Jorge? How did you do your creative team, and what would you pass on for advice? Yeah, I mean, okay, so there's like a kind of a bunch of things you can do, but for the most part, if you're an artist, especially, just go to cons and like get a table and just even if it's a small convention. We go to those things. Like, all writers go to them, and we all try to find artists that are great, that are unknown, because, like, we all like to find that, that that particular voice. Like, you guys are technically, like, the cinematographers, directors of, of our, our vision. We're just the writers. And, um, you know, we look for the people that can convey that in a, in a, in a way that we actually uh, feel comfortable with. And so hit as many of those as you can. If you're an artist, you know, draw every day, you're going to have a lot of bad pages in you. Just be humble and, and recognize that your page might not be great and just keep drawing and drawing and drawing. And eventually you'll get to that point where, you know, you've got it and it's easy and, and whatever. For writers, um, continue to write every day, obviously. Uh, it's, it's an easy muscle to, to screw up. Go to conventions, try to find artists. If you're not an established writer, try to find artists uh, equal on your level. And talk to them about maybe doing a couple of um, sample pages, uh, maybe uh, at least 12, I would say, um, half a book, uh, just to see if you can kind of get something out there that you could show people that might be interesting. Do something interesting in those 12 pages. Don't do something boring. Have a good pitch. Refine it. Refine your pitch so that it's like maybe two minutes long, max, like max. Like if you could do, do it in like 30 seconds, that's fantastic. Um, like Josh Williamson can do Nail Biter in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Because it's such a unique idea. And that idea, like, once you hear that idea, you're like, okay, cool. I will pick up that book because it's, it's an easy idea to, like, recognize. Yeah. My book is, like, I'm painting a whole different world. And, like, it's a little, it's a little more involved. But uh, Nailbiter is an instant classic because you could say, that, you could say what that book's about and super quickly. Yeah. And, um, and also you have to meet people and never burn bridges and be super humble and talk to as many people as you can. And just keep going to conventions, meeting uh, publishers and, and editors, and just always talking to them and never be annoying. It, it just never be annoying. I can't stress this enough. There are so many people without like a filter of like figuring out whether they're being annoying or not. They think that they're just being like, oh, they'll recognize me because I'm so like you know out there, and I'm like I, I want it. I'm hungry. Being hungry is great, but like also being hungry and like showing it makes it look desperate and like that's bad don't do that so try to just be cool at all things you do and be cool with everybody else and hopefully they'll be cool to you and like that's my biggest thing is just try to be cool cool yeah well in the interest of staying hungry but not becoming annoying i'm gonna go ahead and here. i'm gonna let you sell some books i was about to say <laughs> yeah. um thank Jeez. you for taking time out of your yeah, sure, no problem. chat thank with you. us i'm yeah. glad that we got to follow up here yeah. and as always man you got a place here on the show whenever you need yeah to and i really appreciate you, you guys to. uh you guys like blasting me out you know just yeah, like podcasts and all that kind of stuff it's been really cool and like 
it's just like we can't we we can't do this separately. So doing it yeah. together is awesome. And <laughs> thank you so much for like coming out and just awesome. you know talking to me, man. Sweet, cool. thanks, man. Cool, man. Appreciate it. It was good All talking right. to you. All right, thank you. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.